Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yes, yes. Welcome into another edition of the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. I am your host, Timothy Michael McKernan, alongside producer, gangster Pete, and videographer Nick Yale. And uh, I got to be honest with you, this is one of those times we've done, I think at this point, every week um, since October 1st, 2017, a new guest. And this is one of those times, even though I truly have enjoyed Every interview, and and some certainly more than others, but I really enjoyed every one of them. But this is one of those times where I'm telling you that this is one you absolutely want to listen to. Now, that's not a shot at other interviews. It's just, it's got it all. It's got it all. It's like how uh, Howard Stern at the end of his interviews will say, you've said it all. My wife and I always laugh because we know he's about to then ask them 10 more minutes of questions, but he's gotten them to take down their guard by doing that. It's a beautiful tactic. Um... But in this one, it's got it all. If you are a, if you are a St. Louisan, a native St. Louisan, now living elsewhere, uh, if you care about the current MLS situation, if you care about the brief dalliance that we had with the discussion on the Chargers situation, and if you care about some of the scumbaggery that went on with the Rams situation, settle in, Jack. Settle in, Jack. That's what I say. Settle in, Jack. Settle in, Jack. David Hunt of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch is my guest. He was at the Post-Dispatch. He covered the Rams situation um, during the whole relocation discussion, and then he got a job at the Houston Chronicle, and he moved. Well, now he's back, and then all of a sudden I saw him pop up in my Twitter timeline. I'm like, what the hell happened? Why is he covering St. Louis things while he's working at the Houston Chronicle? Although there was kind of a weird thing going on there for a time where uh, St. Louis and Houston had mutual coverage going on, it seemed. And so with, with having him back, it allowed us to talk about what's going on right now, which is the uh, MLS discussion, but then also kind of now that it's been a few years, not that long, but it'll be three years here in a couple months, uh, to kind of get his now from a distance retrospective on the Ram situation. Uh, but then we wound up going. And so I thought, I honestly thought, I honestly thought, I told Gangster Pete this, I honestly thought we would go maybe a half hour, like for real. Like sometimes I'll say to somebody, yeah, we usually go 45 minutes. In the back of my mind, I'm going, I'm probably going to have him on for an hour. In this one, as the host, I thought, yeah, I'll probably go a half hour. Um, and, and, and we'll cover everything and shake David's hand and I will be off on, on vacation. And, uh, and then we got going and I, I think, I think I could be wrong. 
I think you're really going to enjoy this because I mean, like I said, it has it all. It's like I don't even I don't even know where to start. Like, what do you guys talk about? Well, do I say MLS? Yes. Do I talk about the Board of Aldermen? Yes. We talk about uh, St. Louis area politics. Yes. Missouri politics. Yes. Uh, David believing that I'm being put in a place to run for office. Yes. Which certainly wasn't something we were expecting to talk about. Did we talk about what's going on with the, the, the weird charger stuff that went on for a couple of days? Absolutely. And the best part was he knew nothing about it. So he was here cause he was still in Houston at the time. Uh, yes. Did, uh, we talk about the, uh, the Rams and our perspective on what we covered and all of the weird things that went on. Yes. And did I say something about a conversation I had, with Jeff Fisher that I've never talked about on TMA, and the answer is yes. So it has it all, uh, and this conversation with Jeff Fisher, by the way, took place within the last two years. So uh, it's not like something, yeah, I was out at Rams Park in 2012, and he told me that they were really thinking they might score more than 12 points this game. It, it isn't that. It's more than that. Uh, so it's got a deep tease for you. It's good stuff. I hesitate to say that, but I, I feel like I said the same thing about the young page views thing, totally different kind of interview. Loved them both, um, but I felt like, shit, I'm doing myself a disservice because I'm going to go out of my way to be really transparent with the audience about how much I enjoyed the interview, and then people, just in an effort to be contrarian, will say, oh, well, Tim liked it, so I'm going to say it sucked. But you restored my faith in the listenership because nobody did that with Young Page Views. If anything, people are like, I had no idea who the dude was, and now I love him. Um our interview from Young Page Views, Ben Friedman of St. Louis, who now works at Barstool uh, from a couple weeks ago. This one's got it all. And I'm comfortable in saying that you will enjoy this conversation because uh, so many people like hearing kind of the perspective on the ins and outs of what's going on in St. Louis with the region in addition to what's going on with the MLS, what happened with the Rams, and then elements of politics, but not like I'm trading a Rachel Maddow talking a point while he trades his Sean Hannity talking point, none of that kind of stuff. I'm talking about more philosophical uh, and then introducing theories into things. And it's just, I don't know. I loved it. I love, and I was planning on doing a half hour and going to work out and screwing around with losing money on DraftKings. That's what my itinerary was. And then I wound up doing like, God, I don't even know, like an hour. I don't know what it is. Hour and a half. Who knows? It was, it was a lot, but it was good. Could have gone longer. Kept going on. Uh, David Hunt of the Post-Dispatch. Now I realize also this, as I said about young page views, oftentimes I say a name and you're like, okay, I know who that is. I'm talking about David Hun, like many of you might be going, yeah, he writes for the Post-Dispatch. I have no idea who that is. Tim, the hell are you doing here? Settle down. Fair. Very fair. David Hun is a writer for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. He's a reporter um, who would certainly not be considered a sports reporter. He will be the first one to tell you that. But he covers and has because sports and news have intersected so often over the last few years here. He was on the Ram story. And was great. It was so good that, uh, and I don't think it's necessarily the reason, but then he got the job at the Houston Chronicle uh, and then was covering business there. And you'll hear him go into detail on that. But then also now that he's back, he's covering the MLS situation. So uh, while not a sports reporter, he is covering the sports elements of um, politics and or the political elements of sports. Take your pick however you want to phrase it, but that's what's going on. So he is my guest presented by Mark Hanna of Evergreen wealth strategies. And there are times where, you know, I just want to drive home to our audience. And this is one of those times that without the sponsors, there would not be a podcast. It's just real simple. In a sense, the podcast is kind of like a passion project for me because it is not the source of my 
it's certainly a source of income, but it's not like it's my main source of income. And so it's like, oh, we were losing money on it uh, or we had no money coming in, whatever you want to say. I'd go, okay, it was fun, but I, I, you know, Godspeed, you know, I'm not going to do things and lose money. It's just not the way that it works. Uh, so the sponsors who make this thing possible and who are so committed to it, I've said it on the radio to try and explain how the radio business works for stations that aren't monitored uh, by the Nielsen rating system, which is you've got to support the advertisers you hear on um, and let them know where you heard them. And that's the same thing I say about the podcast, because we're seeing the numbers increase on the podcast, which is awesome. But the numbers mean nothing if it doesn't lead to people making sure that they're doing business with the people you hear advertising on the podcast. Uh, and I listen. I get it. Part of listening to podcasts is going, okay, I'm going to put it on one and a half or two and a, two times speed so I can get through it as many as I possibly can. And, you know, the advertisers are just a nuisance. And I get it. And then a lot of them, when you're talking about national podcasts, you'll hear the exact same advertisers. And I understand that. It's not like I'm unaware. I listen to podcasts myself. But if you really appreciate kind of the diversity of this podcast, and I'm not talking about necessarily just our guests, although I'd like to think that there's diversity in our guests, um, and I'm not trying to heal the world with having diverse guests. I'm trying to find the most interesting people that I'm intrigued by and then let them tell their stories and ask them questions. Um, but I'm talking about how we have a guest on Monday, Sunday night, Monday, uh, then how we have um, questions from the audience on Wednesday, and then how we have the Pick 6 Gambling Podcast on Friday. If somebody were to ask, what's the podcast about? I'd go, gee, I have no idea, actually. I mean, we have interviews. Okay, who do you interview? You interview athletes, right? You're a sports guy. Well, not really. I mean, there have been athletes in, but we've interviewed a lot of media people, and I think we're getting to the point now we're getting more politicians and or political figures. Uh, and then uh, the questions from the audience. So what do you do? You talk, talk about the show? Well, yeah, but also, you know, sometimes it's just random stuff and stories and, you know, kind of philosophical questions from the audience. So what, what are the philosophical questions? I don't know. Sometimes it's political. Sometimes it's sports. Sometimes it's St. Louis civic-minded. I don't know. Okay, what's pick six? Oh, it's a gambling podcast. Okay, well, that one we can explain. But if you appreciate what we've got going on here, Ryan Kelly, thehomeloanexpert.com, support him. He supports us. He makes sure that we have a podcast because he is our studio sponsor, and we're very grateful to him for it. And even if he weren't, I would tell you, Ryan's a good guy. He does good things, and he's somebody that you know that if you're going to do business with him, you're going to be taken care of. If you're buying a home or refinancing online at thehomeloanexpert.com, that's reality. Uh, but it just so happens that he is a sponsor and he shows his loyalty by being a sponsor. And we are grateful to him for that. He's online at the home loan expert.com. So if you're buying a home, if you're refinancing, make sure that you do business with Ryan Kelly, the home loan expert.com. Secondarily, uh, our guests are always presented by Mark Hanna of evergreen wealth strategies. And it's another case. And it's a good situation for me because it'd be weird if I'm endorsing people who I don't necessarily believe in and I wouldn't do that. So this is really nice when I'm a big fan of them. So Ryan Kelly, uh, and Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies and James Carlton of State Farm Insurance. These are people that that I now know and I love talking about to the audience because I know if you do business with them, you're going to be happy that you did. And that's an important part of the game. You know, I mean, listen, I got to have advertisers because I don't have a podcast if I don't have advertisers. That's that's reality. I mean, I guess I could do one, but I'm not looking for an additional hobby. Uh, it's It's about... Uh, making sure though, that if I am telling you about an advertiser that you know that I'm not bullshitting you, that's the most important thing. And so when I talk about Mark Hanna, 
of Evergreen Wealth Strategies at evergreenstl.com. What I'm telling you is this. I've had a number of people now, since they've heard about him on the podcast, reach out to me and say, you know what? I took you up on it, and man, were you right. This guy is good, and I am going to work with him. And and it's it's more actually not only is he good, but his attention to detail and the customer service. And that's the, that's the stuff that for me, that's where you get me. Um, if somebody is attentive, like I, I had somebody, somebody was telling me about a client loved being associated with the show because I got back to him right away and I'm going, what's the, what's the other choice to not respond? So to me, it kind of strikes me as, you know, bare minimum, but Hey, that's, that's kind of rare, which is sad, but it is. And so Make sure you're doing business with somebody who has good customer service, but also is going to take great care of you. And that's Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies online at evergreenstl.com or give him a call at 314-889-0503, especially with the end of the year. Uh, a lot of people have young kids and they're planning for education costs. It's on your mind. It's on my mind. Mark Hanna reminded me that in both Missouri and Illinois, you may be eligible for a state tax deduction for putting money into a 529 plan. Just started one for our son uh, earlier this year. But for 2018, you have to put the money in by the end of the year. Don't wait. Things are always so busy for all of us. And for most of us, we put off doing things to the last minute. Call Mark Hanna today at 314-889-0503. And he can help you get organized and figure out a college savings plan is the right thing for your needs. Evergreenstl.com. Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies. 314-889-0503. As I always say, if I could, I would personally guarantee that you will be happy you call them. Um, that's how highly I think of the work that he does. So we're very grateful for him presenting our guests each week here on the Tim McKernan show. And, uh, and like I said, this was, a, this was an interview that I planned to go, okay, soccer. Okay. Board of aldermen. Okay. What do you remember about the Rams weird stuff? Okay. Thank you, David. And then the next thing, you know, we're, we're, we're all over the map, but I don't feel like there was one minute of this uh, conversation where I'm like, oh yeah, this, this would probably, even, even though we don't like go, okay, that was a bad part of the podcast and like edit out like 20 minutes or something like that. We haven't done that. Uh, it's not something I'm planning on doing because then it means I wasn't doing my job because the interview was no good. Uh, but, but this one, it was like, I was just, you know, and I think he was too. I think we we're just going back and forth with like theories and thought processes and so on and so forth. And it was, it was good stuff. So if you love what's going on with what's surrounding the MLS in St. Louis and then the controversy that stemmed from uh, the board of aldermen pushing back at the, uh, the Taylors and Kavanaugh, uh, we got that. If you love uh, political discussion on the state of the city of St. Louis, we've got that. Uh, we've got, uh, the midterm stories. We've got Rams weird stuff going on that we both experienced while they were getting ready to move stories. We've got theories on lawsuits and the chargers and all it's got it all. This is good listening for you during the holiday season. It's David Hunt of the post-dispatch here on the Tim McKernan show from the home studios. David, welcome back, brother. Tim, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me. So I'm flattered, by the way, that you got that you got asked to be on the podcast. Yeah, well, I'm I'm honored to hear that you're flattered. So we're all in it's a good really space nice mentally on the whole thing. So what? <laughs> I, I had no idea you were back, and then I'm just scrolling through Twitter. I'm like, David's talking about St. Louis stuff. This is great. You want the short version or the long? I version? like well, I like the podcast because it allows for long versions, okay, and right. then I'll like ask thirty questions. So he, I went to Houston, Texas. I went to work for the Chronicle. Right. Um, a, and when a, was it? Like sixteen ish. Oh, yeah, 15? exactly right. Okay. Uh, May 16, I okay. think I started there. And uh, my, my job there was to cover oil and gas, which everyone may think is boring, but it's not. And especially in Houston, it's like 
that's what that's makes probably it. the thing. It is the thing, yeah. right? Yeah. And I had a great job. I had great editors. They moved me to the investigative team after about a year and a half. Harvey hit, and that I can tell you stories oh, about Harvey. Oh wow! Yeah. yeah. So you're down there for that. We evacuated. Yeah, we, we were forced to evacuate. Wow. Um. So that was insane. And uh, again, I can tell you stories there. But but uh, make a long story short, uh, Jess's work called her in I don't know six months ago, maybe not even less than that, probably. Okay. And said, hey, you you gotta. You got to come back to the mothership. So she works for AT and T. She's a computer nerd. J- to make a long story, well, I've said that like eight times now. Um, <laughs> sorry, hey, it's a podcast. <laughs> I have gone two hours with guests before. I'm not saying I'm going to do that to you. Don't worry, but but you don't have to keep. You're welcome to expound you. as Tim, much as you very want. Very kind of you. you. Expound away. She, um, you know, as journalists, um, she, you know, I, I'm her. Let's just say that her future. Work is more important to our family income than my ah, future. Work. I know exactly what right. you're saying. So we're not gonna um, we're not gonna dump her job. I see. It ain't happening. Even though you moved, did you? But you guys moved there for your job, correct? We did. Okay. All right. Yeah. And yeah. So and she was able to do her job. Was she right. able to do it remotely, or did she have to relocate to an AT and T location? No, that's what well, she basically did it remotely. Okay. And so that was the issue. Okay. And so the AT and T goes through periodic phases where they make decisions like, hey, everybody needs to come back. Right. So. So you guys get the call, so and are you kind of like, oh, my God, I've only been here not even two years? Yes. Yeah? That's exactly what I was like. In fact, I had, I think, I don't remember the exact timing, but I was a few months into the, they'd moved me to the investigative team. Mm-hmm. I had a new boss, a new job. It was an incredible, you know, an investigative team in a major metro paper. I was pretty excited. And it was, my team was amazing. My editor was amazing. It was really hard to leave. How'd you like the city? Um, I'm so not you didn't huge... like it that much. You didn't like it that yeah, much. Yeah. So, um, the city—it's monstrous. The city proper is really nice. It's re—it's really changed a lot. Like it's very different than people think. If they've been—if they were in there in the '90s or even early 2000s, I haven't been there since like oh, when the Cardinals were playing the Astros, oh four, oh five, and playoffs. Yeah. That's when I was down well, there. It was growing months. then. Yeah. But, but now and I stayed right down there, like right, like boutique hotel right next to Minute Maid Park. How was it? Was it okay? Oh yeah, it was really nice. Actually, yeah. it was one of my favorite hotels I've stayed at. I would. Yeah. Always, that's the place. Well, I'd so go. you're not going to get any shortage of luxury in Houston. Right? They, they got. I that. mean, they've yeah. got money. They've yeah. got people with money, and they've got beautiful things. Restaurant scene is incredible. Um, the diversity is amazing. Like you know, in Houston, uh, you know, diversity is not just white and black, right? It's mm-hmm. like massive East Asian populations, massive Vietnamese, uh, African. I mean, everything you can possibly think of is in Houston. It's just a huge and super diverse city. I mean, I think I frankly think it was really good for us to be there for a while. What I didn't like was the weather. Just, I mean, the weather is hot in hell. I mean, so take a St. Louis summer, a hot St. Louis mm-hmm. summer day, and stretch it for six months. That's really? What, yes. It's so what is six, it, like April, October, April yeah. Octoberish? Yeah. A- by April, it's like you step outside and it's hot, hot. Really? Yeah. And it's, that was such a surprise Now, to what me. were the winters like? Well, they winters, temperate? Winters were amazing. Were, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, but are they good? Like, my, when I'm going down in, like, spring training, I'm like, this is, like, this is what I would picture if there's a heaven, this is what the weather would be like. It's just, like, it's 80 degree, if that. And it's there's zero humidity and there's there's it's just perfection. Yeah, is that what it's like? Yes. It, 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 oh, really? So it's yeah. like that. Okay, it's beautiful. Right. It's absolutely right. wonderful winters. Now they do get cold spells, and Houston people are hilarious because when you, it's sixty, they start. Oh yeah, they get on their down. <laughs> you know, they have they have like their North Face jackets and their Patagonia jackets. They get on right, and it's so it cracks me up. I mean, you know, on the other hand, Alaska it hits like sixty, and everybody starts wearing shorts. Right, it's the exact yeah, opposite. The exact you know? opposite. So You're just, exactly right. Yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah, that's what so, I noticed when, when we're down in Florida. And people are like, oh, God, it's going to be a cold front. I go, what's going on? I'm, th- I'm thinking, oh, shit, it's going to be like 40-something. 
like, it's going to get down to 65 tonight. I'm going, all right, whatever. At the coldest <laughs> right. evening, right? Whatever blows yeah. your hair back. Well, it's great to have you back. Thank I you. mean, we loved having you on. Thank you. You were so good during the Rams thing, which I can't wait to revisit with a little distance yeah. now. Oh, gosh. And get your perspective and also what's going on with the litigation <laughs> on that. So I'll bring back flashbacks. You're going to have to, you're going to have to educate me some. I mean, I, uh, remember, I'm like seven days I, in here. I know. I'm, it's, it's, I feel like it's a budding ESPN 30 for 30. But we have the <laughs> other thing that is at the at the front of the line at this particular moment, which you are back on, which is good, which is the MLS situation. Yeah. So I am curious because I feel like, and I understand it, I don't fault the sports media uh, for kind of being in the cheerleader mode, as That's... was for the most part the case with what was going on with the task force with the Rams. That is a fair like, criticism of uh, most of sports coverage. Yes, it's yeah. not limited to St. Louis, although right, I think it might be more extreme in St. Louis because it's more provincial and a lot of us are from here. Uh, but I think you'd find the same thing in, in most places. Philly Absolutely. And They're going to bitch about yeah. the officials that benefit the Eagles or, you know, like I, you said, I agree with you. You get some distance in the big, big cities. Right. And, and it's almost in vogue, actually, to be critical. Whereas here, I think you can get criticized for dissenting, which Boy, is why I said. Do you ever? Joe Strauss. Well, yes, you would know yeah. that as well. Joe Strauss, yeah. I said when he passed away and, and eulogized him, I said he was one of the last credible dissenters in St. Louis sports media. Right. Credible being an important word. Any asshole can dissent. Uh, but do it credibly. <laughs> so, so anyway, um, with regard to this MLS situation, yeah, when the board of aldermen pushed back, there was an immediately, oh, this is so St. Louis. It's the loop trolley. It's end. It's it, the end. It's exactly. over. We're never going to get the team. And the and the, and the people who are pushing back are just batshit, and they're totally trying to obstruct this project, and it's not going to happen. Now, right. I, for the record, going into it, not that you really care what my opinion is on this, but <laughs> my opinion is. Carolyn Kendall Betts, the Taylor family, and the Kavanaugh's don't get involved in this thing unless they have a pretty good idea that they are going to get this done and a team in St. Louis. They don't need it. It's not an investment. It's more, in my opinion, philanthropic. Of course, they want to make money, but I think it's about we have so much money, and if we don't do it, nobody will, so we're going to do it. That's what I think is going on. I mean, she said as much to me on the phone. Really? Okay, yeah. well, good. Great. Yeah, so, it's nice when I know my reads are right. Yeah, I mean, she, she, she basically said, um, I'd have to, I don't remember the exact quote, but it was something along, along the lines of like, I'm not going to be, I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't think we'd get a team. Mm. I mean, she said, we need to, we need to check our boxes. But I, I think, you know. Because I, the MLS wants to be here. That, that's that's my opinion. Now I don't know that you might have a better idea than, than that. Well, all we the know 21st is what the MLS market. says, right? And they say they want to be here, right? So you can't. I mean, and they're giving us like the second chance of all second chances, you know. I mean, and then you look at the other markets that could be in the mix, and I just feel like St. Louis is kind of the obvious one for self-deprecating as we are about St. Louis. It still is the 21st market in the country with a passionate, using that word provincial. I'm using it positively here because yeah. if it's a provincial city. You have more passionate fan base than say. Some cities where people don't grow up there and they come through it and don't really care. So I well, think it's a win. like Los Angeles where, where yeah, there's you, so much to do yeah. that, you know, you, you just don't know on any given year who's going to come out and who's not. Exactly. And I mean, no matter what now, you're up against LeBron and, yeah. you know, the Dodgers have been in the World Series two years in a row. It's like the, the Rams host a game as an undefeated team and there are more Packers fans there, you know. <laughs> the, the Lakers and the Rams know, I mean, the Lakers and the Dodgers know this very well. If you don't win, people don't show they up. Don't care. That's the way it happens in and LA. especially with the Coliseum kind of being where it is, and it's not yeah. like the, the new thing in Inglewood is is right around the corner for everybody. So, so with that all said, I think that there the is MLS no such is, thing as right around there, the corner in Los Angeles. Not, God, it's a I don't know how people do that. <laughs> um, but I'm of the opinion that they want to make it work and that they're going to make it work. But I think some of this is 
political PR posturing by some of the aldermen to appease a certain part of the constituencies that are against stadium funding, what they perceive. Tim, to be you're accusing funding. aldermen of posturing? <laughs> what? <laughs> How so what you is your perspective? Am I do I, am I am I right on this from afar? Um, I, yeah, I think you're, I think you got both things right actually. So first off, yes, politicians posture—that's the way they work, right? They're, <laughs> right. they're, they're pandering to their base or, or their or some part of their constituency, right? That's that's what happens. Um, that said, you also got right that they're not killing the project, not right now. I mean, I'm not saying they won't try to, and I'm not saying there aren't some who would like that, but generally, that's not what's happening right now. What's happening is aldermen are saying, "Hey, w- you have not kept us in the loop." And this is going into our city and we're passing all these tax breaks and uh, we don't understand what you're doing. And we don't think we're not sure we like it. We're not sure we think this is the best way to go about it. Let me rephrase. Not that they don't like it. They've, nobody has said they don't like the, a stadium coming in or an MLS team. Nobody said they don't want the tailors to be involved. Right, privately funding. The it. question is, you know, what are the details? Right. So, like, I think a very good question that is absolutely worth public discussion is who should own the stadium? The city's not the city's gonna own the land. They're gonna keep that, you know, the state owns land now. They're gonna buy it from the state for a buck or a hundred bucks or a thousand bucks, nothing essentially. Right. And they're gonna own the land. That keeps them keeps the stadium off property tax, you know, books, which is you know, we could debate that point, but that's the way it's gonna go. The question is, is who owns the actual building? Because if the team owns the building, then they're in charge of upkeep. If the city owns the building, then the city's in charge of upkeep. This makes a huge difference in one big point. Everybody's bragging about the fact that they set aside half of the ticket taxes to put it you know, in a fund to use for upkeep. So this is like, hey, we're not going to end up like the Dome. We're not going to end up like Scott Trade. We're not going to have to put a ton of money in down the road. Well, is that, is that true? Because that part of the ticket taxes, it's not going to add up to that much. If the team owns the stadium, that's going to be a nice, a nice little nest egg for them to use down the road. If the city owns the stadium, that's not going to be anywhere near enough to actually cover upkeep for 30 years. So it's a big question. So I have so many questions out of that answer, and I'm, I'm looking forward. Was that to way too technical? No, it was great. Okay. I love it. I think right. I think I think this is I think this is helpful because I think a lot of people are like, I want the stadium, therefore I don't give a shit what it takes, which is kind of where I think things were with the Rams thing a couple of years ago. How about when we built the dome? For, oh my God! I mean, well, this is that, the exact because that, that's problem. essentially why the Rams yes. left is because there was an irresponsible clause in a lease that was a self-inflicted wound. Because we were healthy between a rock and a hard exactly place with, before we built the dome. With the Cardinals yeah. and no expansion team, and now you're just desperate and yeah. you got to take whatever you get. So I like these conversations because yep. uh, I feel oftentimes in St. Louis. It's so emotional that yep. the analytical side gets lost. And if you present the analytical, it's like, well, fuck you. Why do you hate St. Louis? <laughs> and it's like, well, God no. bless podcasts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is, this, is my, this is my happy place. I can go wherever I want to go. I didn't know, by the way, if we were going to do podcast or radio or both. I don't know. You, so you're you welcome gotta... to come on the radio anytime. Well, you've been well, on the radio you. plenty, but yeah. uh, but here we can go. We can go wherever, and I can no, and I can say, well, fun. "Fuck you! You don't like St. Louis," and I can get to my happy place. <laughs> so, with with that said, I think it's good. I think it's informative. So here's a simple cl- question. Who owns Bush Stadium? <sighs> I think the Cardinals own Okay. Yeah. I, I'd have to look, but I'm pretty sure the Cardinals Right, I know. It's as simple as it is. I'm like, God, now that we're having this discussion, I'm like, well, who owns what? The city owns. No, the Cardinals own it. They, they tore it to. down. Right. They rebuilt it. The Cardinals own it. Enterprise Center is? City owned. Absolutely. Yeah. And then there was the whole thing, which was one of my favorites, when we, and I can't recall which alderman was on, older woman was on. And she said they haven't given us the lease, and then they said they couldn't find the lease. <laughs> it was the best. I mean, you but want to talk this about for Scott Trade upgrades? Yes, that's yeah. exactly what it was. Yeah, I missed that part. But yeah, I've heard a lot. Was, I've read a lot. That was some good unintentional comedy. And then I ask you this: 
which might not be fair because I don't know. Uh, it's like a, a prosecutor. You always want to ask a question that you know that your witness knows the answer to. So I'm setting you up here, unfortunately. But do you know what, what the common policy is throughout cities in the country, whether or not teams own buildings or cities or states or whomever owns buildings? Yeah, no, there's a it's a. It, there it's, is no common policy. Okay, all right. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you're you're definitely getting some folks who are saying that the teams need to. I mean, we've seen this. We've seen this since, you know, for ten years now, maybe maybe more. Where, well, I can imagine Jerry Jones owns that palace in in Dallas. So I don't know, but I'm pretty sure he does. You know, I can't imagine he's like, let me build a billion dollar thing and yeah. you guys take. But, but like, maybe they would like it. Maybe he doesn't want to own it because the benefit is he doesn't have the upkeep. But I'm not sure about uh, the Giants' new stadium in in Jersey. In Jersey, yeah, I think that might be. Well, I believe owned. the Jets are the tenant in MetLife. Um, and who owns the it? Giants. I'm wondering if the authority owns it. See, that's weird. Because then, but could the Jets be the Giants' tenant if they don't own it? But are they both tenants? Is the question. But then the te- but I thought was under the impression it's like I should text Mark Lamping right now and see what the answer is and see building it. I might do that. You I, should as well. Might as well do it. You should. Like Lamping oh, will probably good, get back to you. Good, too. He's a good dude. Absolutely. So the reason why this is material to the whole discussion is yeah. because we're talking about substantial dollars for the upkeep. Yeah. What is the perspective of the uh, Kavanaugh uh, Taylor side? And what is the perspective of the Board of Aldermen? So I got one chance to talk to him last week. I have not yet had a chance. But um, my understand that what the board is You're talking telling about me, the board right now. Yeah. Sorry. No, I've talked to the board. OK. You know, they're they're fairly accessible. No, the, sorry. The, the, the Taylor, specifically Carolyn, um, when I talked to her last week, what she said was. Um, no, no, no. I'm sorry. She didn't address it. The alderman told me that at first they, the the Taylors and Kavanaugh, were okay owning the stadium, and then for some reason, the wording changed hmm. in that resolution. Okay. And so that's worthy of discussion. I don't know, and I don't know the answer to it, and I want to find out the answer to it. And so these points are all things I'm going to be digging into in the next week. So to plug. Forgive me Absolutely. for the plug. Plug S- away if you're in here for free. You might as well plug. <laughs> STLToday.com. Absolutely. I mean, I'll put another story out next week. I'll put another story out the week after that. I'll do one a week, basically, okay. tackling each of these big subjects. Do you guys, just a brief aside, do you yeah. find interest in this story? Like when you check your, your statistics oh, on these, this yeah. is huge. Because yeah. like Dan McLaughlin, who I'm doing a show with now, he goes, when I do these soccer interviews, they get so much traction. It's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. It'll be, it'll be depending on what happens yeah. that day, it'll be in the top five. Wow. Yeah. It's almost something. always in the top five. Yeah. You know, the day one of the stories broke and it wasn't even that big a story that broke the same day that one of those shootings happened. You know, so then it's down a little bit because because of other were, things going on, of course, understandably, yeah. understandable. Yeah. So so one of the things then that especially the sports fan. Yeah. Goes is, oh, here we go again. So St. Louis, this thing is not going to happen. Now, again, I continue to be of the impression that it's part political posturing, part negotiation and the the Taylors and Kavanaugh's wouldn't be involved in this thing if if it weren't going to get done. Yeah. Um, but with that said, how far apart do you think they are in trying to actually wind up working this thing out? I think the stadium thing might end up being a sticking point. But, but the, but the ownership of. Yeah, but I okay. think they'll figure it out. I mean, remember this, you know, the, the way that democracy works is people complain and that pushes one side one direction or, you know, some direction. Right. You know, so the effort here, even if somebody tries to actually stop the process, I'll be surprised if they're actually, if they don't want this. I mean, most of the time they still want the stadium. They're just trying to make their voice heard. You know, I mean, that's the way the aldermen work. And it, and it's not, I mean, for me, it's not surprising and I don't find it to be onerous. You know, I mean, they're, they're, the way democracy works is 
you know, they, they, they get a group of people together. They write a resolution. Sometimes the people who wish, wish they were in that group writing the resolution weren't in it. Sometimes the people who wrote it just forgot to put them in it. Yeah. It goes into a committee. A guy runs a committee. Everybody gets together and they complain. No, we don't want this. We don't want this. We should have this. Yeah. And if they get enough support, that resolution changes or that ordinance changes. And that, that's like a good thing. You know, I mean, that's the way democracy is supposed to work. So does that mean it's going to work correctly and, and that this is all going to go smoothly? Like, no, it doesn't. Could it go off the rails? It sure could. We've seen it happen oh, before, yeah. right? But it's not a bad thing to have people complain, to so have aldermen complain. You made reference to earlier about that there could be some aldermen of yeah. the, uh, what are 28, but we're supposed to be reduced to 17. Yeah, Am what I correct? year is that again? Uh, I had, who'd I have in no, Scott Ogilvie? And, it, and he was just like an, horrified by the fact that they were trying to get rid of the thing that was voted on to change. Um, so yeah. I believe it's coming up here in a few years, although there was a hearing about it and it was a big controversy. You missed out on that. That was earlier this year. That was great. Um, but the, there were some aldermen, aldermen, I use the term in, in general, although Megan Green said she would be preferred to call an alder woman. So I say out of respect, alder women. So she's technically wrong. Um, it is in statute that it is. Oh, wow. Alder- this is actually talked about. Yeah. No, no there, there is a rule. It is aldermen. Wow. Yeah, there's a rule. I had her in. She was sitting where I'm sitting at the time. And I said, should I say all? Because I always say, like, Jack Danforth. But, and he says, call me Jack. Bill DeWitson. I, should I call you Mr. Witt? Call me Bill. I'm like, Megan, what would you like me to call you? And she said, well, it's actually, I'd prefer Alder Woman. I said, okay, I'll call Could you, you call Alder, her Alder Woman. Woman the entire interview? I eventually got to a Megan point. I eventually went two syllable. I did. That's, I did go two syllable. That's good. <laughs> Just for the purpose of time. Yeah. But but there are, there are some that I think people feel like no matter what, they're going to be against stadiums in general is that your perception even in the case where you have the taylor and uh kavanaugh partnership privately funding the building i mean i talked to megan she's not anti-stadium what is she what is her position uh, she's running for she's, president of the board of aldermen yeah so so okay so you talk about posturing right like it's her job to differentiate herself from lewis reed the current board president so she she took a couple shots at you know reed's ideas um but uh, in general, she was like, I just want a smart, I just want a smart deal. I want a deal that's good for the city and good for the taxpayers. And, I, you know, again, I take everybody at face value until they prove themselves right. otherwise, right? Well, so, the thing that I really have enjoyed, because I think for a lot of, again, I'm talking about my audience, so to speak. Yeah. I think the, the general audience is more sports fanny. I think my audience is some non-sports fan. People love the St. Louis issues. So they'll love, they've been asking for me, even though you've only been back for a handful of days. Like, get David Hunt on. I'm like, oh, of course. I didn't know he's back. <laughs> Why, what are we going to talk about? The, the Oilers and the <laughs> Texans? Is, you know, so tell your tell your <laughs> listeners thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, that's amazing. You, 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 this is a request. That's Absolutely. So, again, it's so I flattering. get asked so much about St. Louis issues, yeah. and they want to hear them, especially I think I think a lot happened. I always say this. When when Ferguson happened, when yeah. the Rams moved, yeah. uh, when the MLS vote was different than what a lot of people in the county thought was going to be a layup. Um, I did. I couldn't believe it failed. Really? I, I, had, failed. I, I don't want to say an inside word like it's Gordon Gecko, Bud Fox, but I had somebody involved in it saying, no, it's not going to pass. And I go, what? So I This was like two months yeah, out. I just learned all of that. I mean, I wasn't obviously I was going, right. I wasn't covering it. And I got back and I've been talking to sources and they said that they did polling early on and it was like 30 percent or something. Yes, I couldn't believe how bad it. it was. And then the, and then their strategy was we're not going to hype it up because our hope is. Enough you people won't know to show up at exactly the exactly yeah. to vote against it. How about that? It was so like like third level. They thought. did an incredible campaign. I've heard this from a couple sources now of getting out soccer people only, and they got like six thousand 
yeah. probably all from the neighborhood I grew Luligans up in, in St. Louis, or whatever. in St. Louis Hills. That's St. Louis, right? Yes, that's a correct. Exactly. Yeah. All right. They got like six thousand soccer fans, but it wasn't out. enough to carry the day, Bare- and it was barely not enough. Yeah, yeah. So that was that moment. In addition to all that I listed, I think what is different now, and I could be wrong, and you're observing this as a native Californian who has lived, yeah. but now you know transferred back and forth from to St. Well, Louis. I think. I mean, I, it's funny, you know. I'm sorry. Side note. I mean, I think I feel more. All the time, like saying, "Look, we're, I don't think we're going to leave ever." Again. You're don't, in. You're don't tell in my now. bosses, though. It's always <laughs> yeah, good when you they lose think you might go. Absolutely, right? you got to yeah. leverage. Yeah. Uh, but that that I think the difference now, and I keep saying this, which I think is great, is that because I've been saying this now, I've been doing radio in the market for for I guess sixteen years in television, almost twenty years, which is saying something. Because uh, that's weird to me. Because <laughs> <laughs> I still view myself as young, even though this. This guy's like almost 20 years younger than me. Appreciate uh, the shirt, by the way. Yeah, look at that. He's che- representing Chelsea. Chelsea. It's all Chelsea all Chelsea day. shirt going on here, which, by the way, Chelsea is kind of like the New York Yankees of soccer, right? Just now, to take I, a I'm shot at Chelsea. I'm kind of not a hardcore soccer guy. That I view I view Manchester United that way. Am I accurate? Am I off? The Man U and Chelsea are both. They're both? Oh, they're, they're, they're the dueling? What, they're the Yankees and Red Sox? Would that be fair? Yeah. All right, we have our, we well, have but, our official yeah, soccer analogy in the right. soccer Man podcast. City's better now. Chelsea. They've been very good. Is that right? All I know is I bet on the overs on Sunday morning, and I don't even know what I'm betting on. That's what I know. <laughs> but uh, but the, but the people now, David, I feel like are aware of that St. Louis has problems, whereas before, say, when I was talking about this stuff in 2002 and 2003, when I thought it was obvious that we had problems, I'd get shouted down. Plus, I was, like, in my early 20s, and so, huh. you know, people go, who do you think you are? You, you think need 10 years of cred? Yeah, and then yeah. now I've been here for 20 years. Like, well, you must. But but I think what happened, they're kind of like, well, why didn't Jason Hayward want to stay here? Why did – what was the Ferguson thing? And what, the Rams want to leave? We're great fans. And John Carlos Stanton would rather play here instead of the best fans in baseball. And what the hell happened with the soccer vote? And people are talking about the unification of the city and the county and they're credible people. Yeah. Uh, Mark Montavani almost won when people were perceiving him as right to work on a, on a ballot that had a – uh, the right to work issue on it. And so obviously had a lot of union voters come out and he still almost won because of his change platform. Uh, and a guy that was running in a democratic primary when a lot of people are like, oh, he's kind of Republican, you know I mean? That people are going, Whoa, things are different. And so I feel like the climate is proper for the change that I think the region needs to actually occur. We're still on the top of the first of the game, but a lot You're of talking places, about like better, the better together movement. I'm, talk, I'm talking about an acknowledgement. I, I don't even know. I'm talking about movement because I know in some capacity that's even politicized uh, for those who dig into it and who's behind it and all of that. You mean better together. Yeah. Oh, it's super. Politicized. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but some people right. go, oh, no, it's great because it's unifying the city and the county. And it's like, yeah, but here there's more issues. Oh, than just, no. Yeah. Exactly. It's super political. Right. Yeah. But but it's different now talking about St. Louis, which is why I think there's interest in it, because people acknowledge we have problems. Whereas before, when you talked about it, it was almost like, shit, I don't want to say anything because as we were talking about it's more cheerleader yeah. uh, Tim, that you're being critical. I, mean, I, I think that perspective is actually really helpful. I mean, your perspective you're having right now that, that you're discussing is actually really helpful for the, for the region. Because if you look from that perspective at what's happening right now, what you see is not a alderman trying to block a stadium because they hate soccer or because they don't want what's good for the region. It's, it's that aldermen are honestly looking at our region and saying like, okay, soccer might be great, but we have other needs. And these needs are frankly more significant than a soccer team. You know, a a smart person's going to say we can't, you know, the social needs we have are long-term and need long-term help. The MLS thing is probably pretty quick, you know, so you, you can't, 
It's not like you have to choose. Mm-hmm. But some people, but again, going back to your perspective, if you look at it from that perspective, then then suddenly things begin to make sense. And you start to understand the people who don't want these things, right? Like, oh, yeah, we have an entire half of our city that is falling apart where people don't have any jobs. Like, ding. Yeah, that's important, right? Suddenly you get the the problems that people have with spending taxpayer money on a stadium, which people who are like, you know, the, some of the North City aldermen who are like dealing with like life and death issues with fair frequency, they just see it as frivolous and they shouldn't be discounted. They're right. Things like having fun playing soccer, you could view as frivolous. You know, I don't. I really love soccer. But I get that perspective. And for us to just shout them down and say they're idiots and they're dumb, that's not the right way to, that's not going to help this region. You know what I mean? So what, so when people, I, I can picture, I try to picture what the audience is thinking when they hear an answer and then ask that question. So what I would imagine people are saying, yeah, that North City Alderman might be right. I bet some people are saying that. I'm sure plenty of people are just like, I, who cares? I don't care. But for those who are saying, yeah, the North City Alderman might be right, but it's privately funded. So what does he care? And the only way that anybody is taxed on it is if they go to the game. Right. So then what is your response or what is yeah. Megan Green or Christina Gracia's response to that question? Right. I, I mean, and I think that, again, uh, so, so again, I think that's the right way to look at this. We have big problems. They're not just in North City, right? They're all over this region. North City is just an example I know really well because I covered that area for a long time. Um, okay. Is the stadium going to help or hurt that? Might help it, you know, bring in more money, bring in more people, getting a private, like the right deal is going to help the problems. It's going to bring more resources. It's going to, you know, it's not going to hurt that issue. Could I mean, think about things that they, these guys could do. For instance, a reader just emailed me a slew of emails suggesting essentially the tailors, you know, with their means could pitch a series of soccer fields all over the region, you know, for kids. Get people into more people into soccer. Target the areas that don't currently have soccer fields. I'm not saying. I mean, I haven't looked into that. I don't know if that's a good idea or not. But it's. I like this kind of thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, like how can these kinds of things? You know, a peacocking crowd did a really good job of this when they were talking about the NFL stadium. How are we going to get minorities into the workforce? How are we going to help re- parts of our you know of our region that are not doing so well? How is the stadium going to help them? Mm-hmm. They talked about all the kinds of philanthropy they could do. All the kinds of sports fields they could do, you know, that's the kind of thing that needs to get into this. And that's why these discussions are so important with the, you know, call the alderman, whatever you want. They're going to be the ones who bring this stuff up. So the core issue, so, so when the question's posed, okay, it's being privately funded, why are the aldermen against it? The answer to that is they don't want the city to be on the hook in 10, 20 years. Well, the answer to that is, um, you know, they're not against it. They just want the right deal, but they will be against it if they think it's the wrong deal. So that's the really interesting that's moment. That's the core of this yeah. whole issue. So so that's what we're going to see played out in the next just few weeks, I think. There's one other really important thing to remember here, and it's administrative, so forgive me for being boring. But the resolution they're going to pass, and I think they will pass it, doesn't actually matter one bit. It's a resolution. Each of those tax incentives will have to become a law. That's an, a separate ordinance. They could, they could write it into one. They could write it in several, but they've got to pass an ordinance. That's going to spell out what actually matters. Okay. So they can say whatever the hell they want in this resolution. 
that's a, that doesn't mean anything from a pragmatic standpoint. It's a standpoint. promise to the MLS. That's all it is. Okay. The only thing that we're actually learning right now is that the Taylors and Kavanaugh are getting ready to send in their application because that's why they need the resolution. Yeah. That's what we actually know. Ordinance is going to, those are going to come later. Uh, Mayor Krusen told me, I don't know, a week, not, not a week ago, that they weren't even going to write the ordinances until the MLS agrees to a team. Huh. I'm not sure that's true, by the way. That they we'll would not write see, it until the MLS. Well, know, we'll have to see. I mean, I, I the believe, MLS will say, well, "No, we need it." Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm not saying I don't believe Mayor Cruson. I do believe her. I'm just not sure the MLS is going to let that happen. Remember, the NFL didn't. Yes. They said right. you have yeah, to have yeah, yeah. everything done. Famous December 2015, <laughs> right. which was something else, and I can't wait to go into that with yeah. you. Yeah. So on this, your opinion is you observe it. Do you think it's going to wind up happening in St. Louis? Hope you're enjoying the conversation with David Hunt here on the Tim McKernan Show. Listen, uh, as I talked about at the beginning, and I want to emphasize here, the sponsors make this thing possible. Don't get me wrong. The producers make it possible, and the people willing to come in make it possible. But uh, without the sponsors, we have no podcast, and that's why I'm driving home today in particular support the sponsors because these people have committed to being on the podcast for the foreseeable future, which means we can continue to do the podcast. Uh, So that's something that I want to make sure everybody knows. So if you're on board with the podcast, make sure to support the sponsors. And I support this sponsor so much that I actually made a switch to him, even though he was telling me not to, which is not necessarily common. James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. Uh, his number is 314-961-4800, or you can go online at carltoninsurance.net. Uh, and you go, well, okay, you probably made the switch because he's an advertiser, and that would be astute, and I wouldn't blame you for making that, that, that jumping to that conclusion, but He's been an advertiser since last October, so you're talking about 14 months now. Uh, but the reason I made the switch is we had a, uh, a car, a company car, and we were switching the name on the car and had to therefore make a switch on the insurance. And uh, James was the one who wound up helping me out with it, just coincidentally because I couldn't get a hold of um, who I needed to at my former uh, place. And then I'm like, wow, that took like a minute. Whereas I was kind of thinking it might take like a day or two. And that's why I go back to this customer service thing. But the other thing about James is he, when we met and I switched to him and I'm kind of like, yeah, I want you to advocate for things, you know, so sell me, so to speak. But it's, from my standpoint, it's not really like a sale for something I don't need. Is there something that you notice? He goes, yeah, you don't have any disability. And he goes, that's kind of, and I go, I thought I did. He goes, no, you don't. I'm going, wow, man, I've been just kind of blowing in the wind here, exposed on this stuff. And I know it might sound basic, but as he's laid out to me, the worst nightmare scenario is having a situation, devastating situation, obviously not one that you foresee, but that's what insurance is all about, that you think you're covered for and you're not. And that is why I am thrilled that I am in business with James Carlton. It's simple as that. But I thought to myself, even though you're saying don't switch to me because it might look awkward for people in the insurance business because you're, they're going to think you just switch because I'm advertising on your show. Uh, I said, listen, I understand. And so I didn't for months. And then I thought, you know what? I have an obligation to my wife and to my son, and I've got to put us in the best position possible. And being with James Carlton's putting us in the best position possible. That, it's just that simple. So that's why we made the switch. So James reluctantly has accepted my business. 314-961-4800 or online at carltoninsurance.net. If your insurance costs a leg and an arm, call James Carlton, State Farm. 
I do. Yeah. I, I mean, your your original comment is the most important to me. The Taylors wouldn't be involved. Uh, also, and this is crass, right? But money matters, and the Taylors are. You know, you just can't look at them and say they're the wrong owners for any team right. in this area. Um, and, and and remember that I mean, somebody please call me out if I'm wrong here. But I don't think the Taylors have any interest in soccer otherwise. Do not believe that is the case. So I think the, uh, I think Carolyn's been pretty transparent on yeah. that. You know, so that she's MLS, learning and now she's starting to follow it and getting into it. But it's not she like said she, that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the MLS looks at this and says, um, you know, yeah, we'd like that money in our system. You know, again, it's crass to talk overly oh, about but money. It's, but it's so real. It'd be, yeah. dis- it'd be disingenuous to not yeah. acknowledge that that's a huge part of it. So suddenly you have, I mean, this is like adding any of the other great American wealthy families, you know. Yeah, and they happen to be the one in St. Louis. And they've been doing a number of things. I had somebody, and I'll add this, because I, I, it came up. Were you familiar at all? Because you just got back here. So this is great. It's almost like a placebo for the experiment. <laughs> Are you familiar at all about the Chargers discussion? No. Okay. I can't wait to bring this up. I have no idea. I don't know what you're going to say. Yeah, this will be good. Uh, this was this like owned the Please news. Please tell me I... the Chargers aren't coming to St. Louis. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you're like I've had enough of the NFL, hey, man. Tim, Tim, I gotta go. I gotta I'll get back. I gotta get back down to the Chronicle. <laughs> Uh, no, what, what, that's uh, incredible. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, you know, we're, we're assigning, you know, like a 0.1%, but what I was getting to is I was having a discussion with somebody that I would consider well-sourced on the situation. And this person said, and it was like, I guess it's secondary, so I don't want to call it a primary source, but I know where it comes from. So I know it's credible. And he said, listen, all that it gets down to is this, uh, Andy Taylor in particular, uh, wants his legacy to be helping to rebuild downtown St. Louis. Hmm. That's essentially what it gets down to. Well, we've to. seen that start because he jumped into that Arch Grounds stuff. And, and and see, for our audience, now I know some of the audience the podcast is a little different than a sports talk radio audience. Yeah. But for many people in our audience, they weren't aware of that. Might not have even been aware of it until they heard you say it. For plenty of people, they, they were. But that is something that he has been involved in. Also, he's taken a real step forward since his dad died. Yeah, and so, that's another part of it. We have seen much more from Andy Taylor. I noticed that immediately when I came in. It's like suddenly Andy Taylor's everywhere, you know. I mean, I think Jack Taylor took played more a role behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. You know, you see Andy a little more forward. And so I think, and I could be wrong on this, you know, it's not like uh, these are all in, intuitive reads, so to speak, but I think it's coming from um, uh, for the greater good of the region place. I, yeah. Now, listen, I know it's but not— so, so the idea is that— the Taylors are interested in owning a part of the Chargers. So what happened on this was, and uh, and you would probably know the, the reporter. I'm it's not. I'm not going to name his name. We had him on the show. So out of nowhere, and I don't even know what were there, were there. I think there were meetings going on for the NFL about a month ago. You guys, uh, if you if I'm off on any of this, please tell me. I'm just speaking with our producers here. Um, Benjamin Albright. Do you remember him from the Rams? Name News. rings a bell, but okay. I don't know why. So he is a Denver talk show host. Okay, who would just speak about the Rams moving, and I had I had no idea who he was at the time. Like just kind of like, yeah, it's you guys. The Rams, the Rams are going to L.A. You can talk all you want about it, and everybody would be kind of like, who is this guy? Like, why does he? Why does he know exactly? And yeah. then it would just be like, it'd be people like, you're wrong. The, Dave Peacock's going to say this thing, and then he just go, okay, it's great. They're moving. You can say whatever. It's like, <laughs> it's like he didn't care. It's like he was coming from a place of certainty. Hmm. And so then I kind of do a little diligence on it, and it's like, oh, he has a rapport with Josh Crocky from 
being around initially covering the Denver Nuggets. Of course. So I'm like, okay, I wonder that's interesting. So then out of nowhere, I, I guess I probably couldn't find the tweet. I'd have to dig through it. But it was, oh, you have, thank you. God, see what I got here? <laughs> this, is what I, this is what I got. I'm going to say, I found it. Of course, it was Nick who found it. This is what he tweeted. It was on October 17th, David. I'm not saying St. Louis should pitch the Chargers on a new home. But yes, that is exactly what I'm suggesting. Suggesting who wrote it? Benjamin Albright. Hmm. So then you you know how to play the game. Why is so and so saying it? Who is so and so connected to? Okay, so we have Benjamin on the show because I'm just like, what in the hell is this about? And I said, so what percentage? You know, he goes in and gives his reasoning, and I go, so what percentage? Would what you was put his a, reasoning? I'll, I'll, I'll let you know. But he said it's a 33 percent chance that they move to St. Louis. 33% chance. One in three. And I said, what chance the Chargers move? Which I do think is legitimate, considering the circumstances out there in the next 10 years. And he said, oh, I think he said more than 60%. I thought that was actually could be low, because I think they're going to be gone. I just don't know where they would go. But St. Louis, I surely didn't think. And his logic was, there's already a building here. Uh, there was an appetite here before. My personal theory on it, the timing of it, as I cited, October 17th, correlated with the press conference from essentially the Taylors, Carolyn, uh, mm. you know, and uh, and Jim Cavanaugh. And I think, this is my theory on it, I think Crocky, who never wanted to be in business with Spanos, I don't think there's a lot of love there between the two of them. Certainly didn't seem like it then, did it? <laughs> uh, would love to have the market to himself. You know, jeez, Tim. And then, and then he's Do we also, want an you know, NFL team? Well, that goes in a totally different direction. So we did, of course, discuss it when that popped up. And people were kind of like, God, I fucking hate the NFL. And I hate <laughs> what they did. But, yeah, if the Chargers came here and I'd get back on board. For the most part, that was kind of the reaction. I think that was probably 66% of the, the reaction. And then there were people who were like, yes, no matter what. And then there were people who were like, absolutely not. I mean, listen, I, I, I'm— I, to I'm make not, it clear, I'm I'm just asking because you're back in town and this just popped up within the last 40 days. It's not like I'm going, so David, did you hear about the Chargers moving here? I'm not of the opinion that this is happening. I mean, I kind of like these towns that stick the big middle finger up to the NFL right now. You know, Portland, um, you know, they're these really cool towns that, that don't, but they don't feel like they and need I, an and NFL I, team. And I know, and but as you know, and we're saying this just as candidly as can be, the makeup of Portland is a lot different than the makeup of St. Louis. More skinny jean-wearing folks yes, in Portland? absolutely. Whichever way you wanted to take it, I'm just saying the makeup of Portland, the makeup of Austin, you know, whatever the case might be, different operations than, than St. Louis. So, you know what, Tim? St. Louis absolutely has the makings of Portland. Wow, it's, it's look the, at you. It's got the architecture. It's got the ease of travel. Okay, you're you talking know, about, but you're talking about. I'm talking about the makeup of the population. What are you, you're talking about? I'm just saying. I I think St. Louis, like people who aren't who are from here, just don't understand how cool St. Louis is. It's like elaborate, it's, sir. This is great. I mean, it's a it's a gorgeous city with these beautiful roots. It, geographically, it's in an incredible place, right? I mean, you know, just spent two and a half years in Houston, and I'm telling you, there's like physical beauty here that people just don't see, you know, mm -hmm. the bluffs and the, and the rivers and the, I mean, the current river is one of the best rivers I've ever fished. It's gorgeous. You know, the, the Mississippi is a, a waterfront that we're not using and we need to, I mean, we have all the makings of the physical beauty, what we need. Okay. 
It's just a, <laughs> let's do it. Let's let's take let's take care of this place real quick, and then we'll get lunch and we'll wrap up the whole thing. We're gonna take care of St. Louis right here. We um we have we have a huge problem uh with like you know half of our population. We need to get much better education. We need to get much better jobs. We need to care about folks who don't you know who who are from different sides of the tracks than we are. And until we do that, we're not gonna fix this issue, right? Right. Because because we have. If you look at this from an economic standpoint, we've entirely ignored, I've not entirely ignored, but largely ignored, the power structure has largely ignored a good chunk of our population. Yes. Until those people start making money and paying taxes. So it's chicken and egg, though, in a sense, you know, because I agree with you. I, I mean, what you just listed, I'd be like, yeah, if this were family feud, I would have named the, the, the ones that you that you rattled off. I had... Uh, yeah, I had lunch with. Uh, I've developed a rapport, which is great because I, I I hold him in high esteem, mainly for his character. Although we're certainly we we actually kind of got in a little debate over Josh Hawley when we had lunch, and that's Jack Danforth, Senator yeah. Danforth. Uh, so I guess it was like two weeks before the uh, the election, the midterms, and we were having lunch. And my wife was there, and uh, his assistant. We're just BSing, and just out of nowhere, he's just so. Do you know him at all? Have you uh, uh, covered him at all? Danforth, yeah, or, or Hawley? Danforth. Danforth. Um, yeah, Holly I've isn't talked necessarily to him a couple my times. bag particularly, but but I know that Danforth <laughs> so you, is a fan. So, so you're saying you met with Danforth? Yeah, he's been on here a couple times. You're kidding? That's and, amazing. And we have lunch, and it's the, and so it's that's the, what I love, Tim. That's so cool. I saw a list of people you were meeting with, and I was like, like, didn't you have Bell on? Wesley Bell came on. Yeah, he was. Oh, it was great. Yeah, that's he's amazing. my guest this week. He was awesome too. Yeah, and I love because I know a lot of our audience, and I'd include myself in because I had McCullough in here, and we I, went into Ferguson like in detail. I just think that's so good for this world, you know, is to have a sports guy. Making that transition, well, I, just, you know, I think it's important because when it gets down to it, like, sorry, I to call love you a it. no, it's guy. fine. No, but I mean, it's fine because I, I, I just when it gets down to it for me personally, I just can't get worked up about sports like I did when I started out, and this is the stuff that fascinates me much more. Now there are elements of sports that fascinate me, I think, but I can't get like worked up over a Blues loss in November, a Cardinals loss in April, and then like call for the manager's head just to get people to react. That's just to me, that's bullshit, and I don't want to do it. This I, stuff's important to me. I mean, I mean, I, I love sports because I think it's a great um, vehicle, yeah, outlet, but also vehicle for for us to discuss about the you know these social issues. Sure, which is what exactly. You're saying. Yeah, and that's yeah. why I love it. That's yeah. the stuff, and I so I love having people in and talking for a couple hours. And so Danforth is so fascinating to me, and the reason why I got on board with him is he wrote a book in 2006 called Faith and Politics. And as a Republican and also an Episcopalian yeah. minister or priest, right. I don't know what the proper term is. I'm a, I think it's minister. I'm a, a good old Irish Catholic kid. Um, but he was condemning essentially the Republican Party hitching its wagon to the religious right in the early 1980s and traces yeah. a lot of the problems at the federal level back to that and how he's just disappointed. And again, it's coming from a religious man, which has a lot more credibility as opposed to me, agnostic, to go, yes, I'm now on board with the religious right. So I thought that had value. And then as it turns out, um, his assistant put the two of us together, said he'd be interested in meeting with me. And I'm like, what? Oh, Jack Danforth means me? I'm like pervert boy on the radio, you know? <laughs> and so we have lunch, and we've developed this rapport. <laughs> and and we're just we're just BSing at lunch last month. And, he, and I don't know. And he, like I said, it's like it's like, it's like like a Yoda character, you know? It's just like wisdom, yeah. you know? He totally is. It, it, a, a, a very tall Yoda. Yes, indeed. Yeah. And so I'm sitting there. And he's he like kind of, you know, dabbing his mouth with his napkin. He goes, so what do you think of St. Louis? <laughs> <laughs> and me and my wife just start laughing. So I'm like, I know what he's doing. 
And it's brilliant, but it's the most open-ended question. But it's like it's like we should ask. Wait, hold here. on. What do you mean? What what was he doing? Exactly. Well, what he's doing is he wanted to get like a younger person. Granted, I'm 42, but still a younger person's perspective and somebody who's, you know, owns some owns business. Owns. I don't business know, store. Tim. I think he had something else in mind there. No, what do you? No, what do you I, think? I think he's 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 not he's not he doesn't want your perspective on St. Louis. He wants to put you somewhere. He's looking to move you into a slot. Really? You yeah. Jack Danforth, yeah. the steward yeah. of the Republican yeah. Party in yeah. Missouri, I is mean, looking at me. Please, please forgive me, Mr. Danforth, if, if I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but I, you know, I, I think guys like Jack Danforth are, are looking for where you move folks to make an impact. You know, uh, Walter Metcalf was the same way. You know, th- these guys want to know who to put in some spot somewhere so that they can become a bigger part of St. Louis. Really? So what I think what happened, if I'm reading this right, and please, again, forgive me, you and him, if I'm wrong here, <laughs> yeah. but what I'm guessing is, is he liked your perspective when you guys were in the radio show, and he wants you to be a larger, he wants you to play a larger role somewhere in the region. Wow. That's what I'm guessing. This is taking the podcast in a direction I was not intending. Sorry, I was just going to tell, no, but I, 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 <laughs> I didn't know, I didn't know that I was again. being called upon. I didn't know it. <laughs> it is. A, Pete, a, Nick, I guess you got to start looking for something else unless you want to run the campaign. <laughs> I'm guessing he wants you to stay where you are and do the yeah, other thing, I don't. Right? I don't know how electable I am in St. Louis. I'm, I'm, not, I'm <laughs> not sure. It might not be that. It yeah. could be a board. Well, that's what we, kinda, a... we were kind of joking about it. It, it, it. We did a little bit, it, uh, although his assistant has said stuff like that before to me. But the, but the reason I loved hearing his, I mean, I gave my perspective, and I said, I think contrary, and I'd be certainly curious what your perspective is, I think I call it self-deprecation, but maybe it's actually better described as a lack of self-esteem. Self-deprecation indicates some comedic element. Uh, self-esteem is actually a lack of confidence that so many of us from here have a lack of self-esteem. I had Vince Shamel in here, uh, the mayor, you know, mm-hmm. for, for a number of years, what, 81 Still through very early 90s? Active Absolutely. Still Center and other Absolutely. areas. And he said, uh, you know, he was big on getting people's pride in St. Louis back when he ran in the early 1980s. Um, and I think there's an element of that. And I said, well, one of the things that I feel like is lost on people in St. Louis, and I could be wrong, is that there is, I don't know if booming is the right word, but there is new business. It's just usually smaller businesses that are starting up in St. Louis and viewed nationally as a great place to start a business. And he agreed with that, even though he's not necessarily locked into what's going on, you know. At Cortex or the tech sector, Why you, know? do you, you you think St. Louis is viewed nationally as a great place to start a small business? Yes, recently. Why do you think that? Because I think that you do have a lot of new businesses starting up with regard to the tech side. Yeah. In, in that area, now you don't do you not think that that's the way that? It, no, I, I love that idea. I don't know. I, I feel like I'm disconnected from yeah, that right now. Yeah, I mean, there was a recent. There, I feel like I've read a number of Forbes pieces, like not just one recently. Although there, there was one recently, but it was about diverse, diversity in the workplace, which I'm sure a lot of people are like. Really, I'm just, I'm just trying to bolster my Portland idea. <laughs> St. Louis is like Portland, but his thing was, which kind of got us back to the chicken and egg thing, which is how we got here. Uh, that he goes, I'm, and it's just the way he says it too. It really, it's almost like being in a movie, you know, where he's sitting back in his chair and he's kind of a deep thought and looking at me, but then goes, looks back down and then looks back up at me. And he goes, but I'm also concerned that the big corporations have moved away. And then that has led to, and I'm paraphrasing from a lunch that I certainly wouldn't, because we also, as you can imagine, talked about that was right when the Kavanaugh thing was wrapping up. And he, of course, was prominent, very prominent with Clarence Thomas. So we could relive that. And I recognize that those were private conversations. But this is about St. Louis. Uh, And he said something along the lines of that those corporations leaving and those dollars leaving have led to 
a vacuum of leadership in the region, which is something that I ascribe to as well, Mm. but I don't view it that way because I think of it more uh, politically, I suppose. But oftentimes, you know, one of the people he mentioned, I know my dad always mentions him, and I don't know if it's somebody that would even come to your mind because he's been gone for a long time, but in St. Louis, especially in broadcasting, he was like the guy, and that's Bob Highland. That when there were issues outside of St. Louis, ran Camo X. Yes. Yeah. Big, big, big name in absolutely. the nineties. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think seventies, eighties, nineties. Seventies, eighties, nineties. Absolutely. 90s, okay. I mean, he was the guy. He was definitely before me. The um, guy, and I mean, he was before me. But I mean, I knew of him, and people still yeah. talk about him. Like when it was Costas and Deardorff and Buck and Kelly at that station, that he was the guy. Yeah. But beyond that, that you had also some corporate citizens who, if there were issues in New York or L.A. or Chicago, they would make sure that St. Louis was taken care of. Of course, the brewery being a factor in that as well. And so Danforth's position is we're lacking that. See, I look at it from a political side, and it's not meant as a criticism of, of a number of people who I've, I haven't, I'd love to interview, Lida Cruz or Steve Stenger. We've tried to get him in. Mark Montavani's been in a couple of times. Um, but that I don't feel like Lida Cruz and Steve Stenger um, Josh Hawley, Roy Blunt, certainly Eric Greitens, even before everything that happened, uh, Governor Parsons. I don't feel like people, especially I call, call younger, even though I'm 42, but people in their 20s. I still feel young. Okay. What, what age are you? 44. All right. Yeah. yeah. See, I, I feel like we're young cats in our 40s. I mean, yeah, I feel young. <laughs> and that is, I've I've got got a said, I said I've to Nick, a... he's leaving my house. I said, do you view me as a peer? Because I look at you as a peer, but I essentially could be your father, you know, and it kind of hit me. Well, you're his hit... boss though, aren't you? Yeah, so he just had to go, so of course I do, so Tim. No, of course I so do, no, Tim. Weren't we in the not, same class he, at Missouri together? <laughs> uh, I've got, man, I've got a four-year-old. Four-year-old. I, got a, I got a one-year-old. So, we're young. Yeah, okay. By, yeah, you have to you be have if to you're be doing young. that. I'm chasing yeah. this guy around. I'm out of breath. Congratulations, man. I didn't God know that. God bless. Thank you so much. That's amazing. It was a long, hard grind to get there. Um, yes, we we love it. Um, yeah. but it is amazing. It's, it's so the, much it's more fun. It's the greatest thing. Yeah. Like I had all kinds of creepy fun, which is probably the reason, main reason why I'm not electable. <laughs> that and being agnostic <laughs> so, in Missouri. So you're saying if I ever see you on the ballot, I should dig deep. Exactly. All right. Exactly. You're, exactly you're on my right. list. What did this guy do? Well, there's a lot of hanging out with porn stars and stuff. Probably not what Jack Stanford visualized. About it. Hey, I mean, I don't apologize for it. I mean, it seems like it can get you in the White House. But with regard to, <laughs> but, but with regard to. With the St. Louis and corporate citizens, I don't feel like those people that I named, I don't feel like people okay. in their 20s or 30s so, go, yeah, man, sweet, Lida Cruson's the mayor, or, great, Steve Stinger, I can really buy into him, or well, Josh well, Hawley, well, he resonates with me, even is, though he acts like he didn't go to Tim, Ivy League Do you know any schools. 20-year-olds who are who even know the mayor of any of their cities? Uh, I'm not sure 20-year-olds care who the mayor is. Are you going, are you going, oh, these millenniums, millennials these days? Is that the route no, you're taking? No, you care who the mayor was when you were 20? Uh, I don't, I no, 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 no. I, I don't even agree with the millennial criticism right i figured you I, I didn't think, i figured you didn't. I, I was just the same i was running right. around doing as much fun stuff as i could trying to keep my strings untied yeah. right i right. mean don't take that the wrong way <laughs> yeah i'm uh, the one acknowledging <laughs> all of my creepy behavior not david uh but uh, I, go but, back a step though i'm not sure so 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 the idea that we need large corporations so that's what dan for my i was viewing it from a political standpoint yeah. he's viewing it from a corporate citizen standpoint but the, but the idea that we need the CEOs of large corporations to represent us. You know, that is the old model. And I don't know enough to say that we don't need those people. We probably need them. But I'm also not sure if we need to rely on them like we have in the past. I mean, remember, that's what led us to where we are. Yeah. Like, I mean, my my boss at the Houston Chronicle was a is a really smart guy who's run 
investigative teams and news departments for years, right? And he said that he is ashamed of his generation and how they've left our and world. And how old is this gentleman? 60. Okay. He's, he'd be mad at me. He's probably not quite 60. <laughs> um, he is ashamed at how he's left the world for this generation. You know, corporations running amok, the environment in a, you know, potentially devastating place. Um, you know, what, 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 what have we left our, our children? Like what are, what are, what is, what is your one-year-old going to grow up with? Like, are there going to be job opportunities? You know, what's, what's the food situation going to be like? I am profoundly concerned about the, the world we're leaving for my four-year-old. And, and to hear somebody of that generation say the same thing was in, made an impact to me. Yeah. So I just think like, do we really want, I mean, you know, I'm not a conservative. I'm not a liberal. I'm a fiscal conservative and a social liberal. That's where I am as well. I'm, I'm, but I feel I, like so many people say that, and then I don't really know if they are now because I feel like so many people say it. Well, I believe in few taxes. I believe in low taxes. You know, I believe in keep keep your nose out of my personal business. I mean, that's I'm an, I'm a libertarian, I yeah. suppose. Yeah. So but point being, I'm just not sure that it's really done the best for us to have this structure where the big guys run our world. Mm -hmm. Is that really what we want? Yeah, no, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. I guess what I, you know, and it's not necessarily. I'm going to get in so much trouble for my editors. No, I love this though. I love this. I bet we're going to make this the next podcast, by the way. This this has to be because I'm already, I I love it. It's just, it's like philosophical discussion. They're going to say, you broke all the rules. (laughs) You now have to cover. Yeah, but did you hear what Tim said? We don't care about Tim. We know he's a creep. Uh, But I, I guess what he's saying I don't know. I guess maybe it's maybe he's wrong because we got into the Holly thing, for example. And I yeah. have to respect in some capacity. Well, I mean, he asked me what I thought. What did so, he? What did you get into about the Holly thing? So I said, so what do you think of the midterms? Because I yeah. knew that he. Because when he was on the podcast, um, I guess it was about. It was one of my first guests. Actually, it was like my second or third guest, and we started in October of seventeen. And I said, so who do you see is emerging? And he, he essentially right then and there, not that the whole you know GOP establishment was listening to my podcast, but he said, I really think Josh Holly. Is hmm. a force, and and I and that's he goes, impressive. And he's and I and he goes. So what do you think? Because I think he had been. I can't imagine he was aware just by listening to me, but because I don't think he's listening to me. But uh, that maybe somebody who does listen to him to me told him that I was not a fan. Um, and I had the same read on Holly that I did on Greitens, and this is before Greitens was elected. So this isn't an easy after the fact now that the cards have been turned up. I said, I just got a bad read. I felt like he would do whatever he had to do. I felt like I was watching Francis Underwood, except it was in Jefferson City. Um, and I said, I think that's the same thing. Here's a guy who's incredibly well-educated. He's a brilliant man. That's why Danforth likes him. And he's like having to, not that he's the only politician to do it, but kind of hide it and act like he's something that he's not in order to win an office. And mm-hmm. I personally don't respect that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he's playing on certain things that when he gets down to it, does he really think there's a war on Christmas and that kind of crap that wins? I get it in certain parts of the world, but I just feel like it's disingenuous and it doesn't necessarily put put Missouri in the best uh, path, in my opinion. And so I didn't like that, and I knew that Danforth wasn't a fan of utilizing religion to win offices, so I conveyed that to him. And I said, and also something of note to me is that he campaigned for attorney general in 2016, saying that he wasn't going to use it as a stepping stone to a bigger office. And then the next thing you know, he's running for a U.S. Senate spot less than two years later. And so Danforth kind of like, oh, good, I get to debate for the first time in a while. He kind of leans back in his chair and he goes, so you have a problem with somebody going from attorney general to the U.S. Senate. I go, I know what you're doing. I know you went from attorney general to the U.S. Senate, and I respect that. But you didn't say that you weren't going to use it as a stepping stone, and that's my issue with it. He goes, that's fair. 
He goes, that's fair. And he, he liked that I came back with that. But he, but he said, but the difference is, is that Josh knew he was going to take some, some crap for that. But he had people, including myself, asking him to run. And it wasn't just Jack Danforth. I think it went beyond that. I think it went yeah, to, yeah, the, to the level. Tim, you have to remember that every politician who has some who has the wherewithal to you know to think through these issues will never tell you their next move because it's, you can't announce early. You get destroyed. And I'll give you an example. Um, Lewis Reed in 2010 um, said early that he was going to run against Slay, and, and it was the end of his campaign. He, he, could, he could never, because as soon as that happened, um, Slay just gathered all the chips. Okay, well, there's announcing early. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, and that was not so, much so, of a race. So you, every politician is going to tell you, I am focused on this job. I have no views of going anywhere Yeah, else. and now, see, I, I think there's something to be said for that. But then at the same time, then why, you know, for example, Danforth said he knew he was going to experience a great deal of criticism for that. So if everybody does it, why did this one stand out more so than others? I recall specifically with Barack Obama. If we want to go back then, it's like, well, he's only been a senator for X amount did of years. Did he do the same thing? And he said say, he wasn't going to be leaving, you know. There you go. So, yeah, exact same so, thing, yeah. But for this one, um, and, I, and perhaps it's because it was a shorter period of time. And that it was so fresh that, I mean, literally, it's 2016 um, that it stood out. But my my whole thing is, it, it's like I said, I have no problem with Chick-fil-A not being open on Sundays. It's their business. God bless them. You know, yeah. whatever they are, it, yeah. it's their restaurant. Good for them. I have a problem, however, when there's a business and there used to be a business in St. Louis. I don't think it's open anymore. Where the commercial was themed around the fact that they were not open on Sundays because it's the Lord's Day. And I respect the business to not do that, just like I said with Chick-fil-A. My issue with it was I felt like they were advertising their religion subtly to try and get business. Not so subtly. Which, yeah, or not so subtly, right. which I felt like was was just like the antithesis of what I recall from of my religion. 15 years of religion right. teaching. Yes, right. exactly. So yeah. I find it to be fraudulent. So that's my that's my premise. Yeah. So yeah. that's how we got into the whole discussion with— uh, with love, Danforth and speaking of Lent. I love that you've been talking to all these people. I oh, yeah. Well, I so find it so fascinating. Like, Wes Bell. Like, these 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 cats, Nick and Pete, you know, and they, they're like, you know, Nick especially, I think, will have politicians in here. And, we, you know, but we had Young Page Views from Barstool. I can't imagine, you know, who Young Page Views is. No. <laughs> right. Who is great? We did three that? hours. He's a guy from St. Louis. His name's Ben Friedman. He's 26. And he's, from my mind, he's the most talented uh, he's not even, I guess he is on Sirius now. He lives in New York now. Barstool, you know what Barstool is. It's blown up. It's obviously more for like 20 something guys, but it's a huge company. It's kind of like, you know, what, you know, what inside STL was in the two thousands times a billion, huh. uh, for now all across the U S and this guy was dying to get to New York city, um, and work for Barstool. And we had him in, he's a St. Louisan and, uh, and he was great. I had never met him, but I had him on the show and I'm like, man, this guy is so talented. And, these, and I had him in on a Sunday because that's when he was in town. And I'm like, I felt terrible for asking these guys to come up on a Sunday. This is where I feel old. These are the, these are the times I feel old. They, <laughs> well, I was saying Pete's earlier, I'm his, young. I think Pete's in his late 30s. I don't know. I can't figure out what Pete is. But but either way, Nick's, <laughs> Nick's 20. I always ask Nick. I say, are you 23, 24? I've been asking that for five years. 24, all right. And I'm like, 24 I, for five years? <laughs> yeah, that's how, that's how locked in I am. And I said, I said, I'm sorry, man. It sucks, but this is the only time he's available to do it. He's got to fly back to New York this afternoon. And they're like, no, young page views, we're in. And I'm like, sweet, you know? And I was excited, but I'm like, I feel terrible making so my I need guys to look up young page oh, views guys good, on man. Barstools. Yeah, yep, that's okay. exactly right, on Barstool Sports. 
But the reason I talk young page views is because when we had Wesley Bellin, who I realize the vast majority of my audience probably didn't even know he was running against Bob McCullough when he was in August and right. ran unopposed and in Wesley's November. Wesley's got to be a couple years older than us. That maybe he's Wesley, I think he played against St. Louis U High when I was there in like a semifinal game for state um, in 91. I was a freshman or sophomore, yeah. and he was on that team. Okay. So, yeah, so he's in his mid-40s. Mid-40s. And so Nick, the reason I cited, as excited as he was for uh, young page views, he said, man, I really enjoyed that Wesley Bell interview. And I did, too. I just knew, and I didn't even realize that Wesley and I had met at one point. He hmm. wasn't even he was a councilman at the time. Hmm. And, um, but I and councilman. That's right. Yeah. And and so to sit down with a guy who, I, from my standpoint, pulled the biggest upset in, in St. Louis politics that I can recall in a while. Maybe you can. And, and people are just like, no, it's for, certainly the. Biggest upset I've heard of in a bit. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even know. I mean, I had Bob McCullough in here, God, I don't know, in May or June. And, and we, I don't even know how we spent maybe 10 seconds on the fact that he was running again. You know, it was kind of like, of course, you'll win. So like, I want to get this guy in here and hear his story and, and then hear his vision and why, and why he was like, I want to be the prosecuting attorney and have been dead set on it for a number of years. Uh, and also, in part, the thing that I love about the podcast, and this is where I was going when I brought up Megan Green, because a lot of people demonized Megan Green during the Rams thing and just go, oh, she's super liberal and hates sports, and therefore I hate her. And then so that's where that was, and it's compartmentalized, which I think is incredibly unhealthy, even if the read is right or wrong. It doesn't matter. I want people to have a chance to explain themselves, and a yeah. podcast allows you to do that. And so that was good because I was listening to Megan, and I, I enjoyed it. First off, I really got along with her and liked her, and then, I was, and then a lot of people said, David— you know, I used to think this, but now even though I disagree with her, I heard where she's coming from, and now I understand it. And I think that's such an important part yeah. of the progress it, for the it region. It goes back to what we were talking about, about the aldermen and the stadium, right? It's like, it's not going to help us any as a region, as a society, to just discount yes. that perspective, you know? I mean, I, I heard somebody say the other day, it was on radio, I think, that like what we need right now more than ever before is like, um, you know, conservatives who care about the environment and liberals who um, want to cut taxes and like people who can trans who, who can cross over yeah. because we, we, ha we have so few points where we all agree. We, we need to start having yeah. those discussions more. See, so I view it from a broadcasting standpoint, but you can certainly tie it to exactly what you said. There are so few people. I actually sometimes ask people on Twitter or on our, our fan page on Facebook who do you consider somebody that you turn to, whether it be to read as a journalist or to watch or listen to where there was an issue, there was an event, and you're anxious to hear who that, that person has to say because you don't know where they're going to come down on it. In other words, it's like, oh, there's a shooting. So I know this person's going to talk about the NRA, mm. and then this person's going to talk about, look at these people are going to make this a gun issue. Guns don't kill people. People kill people. Whatever it is, and you can already do the show seconds after the event. Yeah. And so to me, what is intriguing is when you hear somebody who is saying something where you're going, wow, I didn't expect him or her to say that. And because it's not necessarily in line with who I thought they were bought and kept by— I give it more credibility, you know, yeah. which is why I love and why I developed a rapport with Jack Danforth. So I'm like, wow, here's a gentleman who's an Episcopalian minister, who's a Republican, um, who is a fan of Josh Hawley's, but who we bond over the idea of the religious right playing a role in, in hurting, it's helped him win elections, but hurt the, the integrity and his opinion of his party. And I think that gives more credibility as opposed to if you were an atheist going, I'm down on the religious right. You know what I mean? Of course. That's what I like about it. Yeah. So I, I couldn't agree with you more. Are there people that you see when you're covering the area that you go, I think, like after I got done talking with Wesley, David, I'm like, man, 
this guy's this guy's sharp. This guy could go beyond St. Louis Pro- County prosecuting attorney. You know, just in that forty five minutes I sat with yeah. him. Yeah, um, you know, I don't do a lot of. I mean, I'm, I'm mostly pretty skeptical and mostly looking for facts. I, I, I hate to say it, but I don't do a lot of, um, you know, opining and or listening to a bunch of opinions. Would mostly. you like to, or is that because it's your job? I'm. I am. I don't know. That's a great question. Yeah. Because like so, Derek Gould has gotten to a point now at your paper yeah. where he has the credibility of being there nearly 20 years Cardinals, with the Cardinal top, beat top writer. Card, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's the ultimate from my standpoint. Anyway, yeah. I think a lot of people would agree the ultimate credible Cardinal reporter oh, knows so much. Then in a way, he can also kind of opine while doing his game story. So I'm curious if that would be something that would intrigue I, I, you. I think what I mean is, I'm not seeking out. Most of the time when I'm doing my reporting these days. I am less concerned about what people think about an issue and more concerned about what are the actual facts. I want to know, you know, what, what's the, like, I I don't really care if you like the stadium or don't like the stadium. I want to know, you know, when is the vote going to happen? How many, how many people do you need to pass it? Um, You know, what does it represent for the team? What are the details? Because as I get into that stuff, that's, I mean, that's what, that's where the meat is, you know? It's mm-hmm. a, so I think my, I'm copping out on you is what I'm doing. No, but it's a, I'm but it's saying a, but it's like, a good answer. And a lot of people go, it's so rare because every journalist has an agenda, which drives me up the wall when I, I feel like that, that's a cop out. Oh, I don't like the story, so now I'm going to shit on the messenger yeah. as opposed to actually talk about what the story yeah. is. Yeah, no, I definitely got that during the Ram stuff a lot. <laughs> I'd, I'd write a story that was like, uh, you know, bad news for the region, and people would— People would just deny me it. Of, yeah. Yeah, it's fake. Oh, they knew they'd, they'd say I'm a horrible person and a bad reporter. <laughs> isn't that, isn't and, that wonderful? You're reporting yeah. something and it's somehow your fault. Yeah. So I got to ask you. Yeah. The Rams thing. Yeah. It's now been, it'll almost be three years. It's almost yeah. three years since it all it was went January down. Was January that the last January of 16. I assume you were in Houston for that. So you're already getting your, your taste of Houston for that. Were you in Houston for that, for the meeting? I was definitely at the meeting. It wasn't in Houston, was it? Uh, I'm, I'm going to move all my chips in that it was Houston. Oh, and now, and as considering you covered it and you s- lived in Houston, it's I, a dangerous bet on my part, but I'm going to move all in I on went Houston. To Am I right so on many, this, boys? I thought it was Dallas, actually. <sighs> I'm going to stick with my bet. Okay. I'm, I'm anxious to um, hear what the answer is. Uh, Nick's, Nick's pulling things up. I went to right. so many of those meetings. That, uh, you lost track of where you were. I just lost track of them, yeah. yeah. I don't remember which one was Did it. you go, go to Houston, Dallas, wherever you were that day? thinking the Rams are moving? Boy, that is a great question. What was my mindset then? You know, I, I don't, I don't mean, okay, I'm not, I don't remember. Okay. But I, and I don't mean to cop out on you, but when I'm in these stories, I'm like so deep in them. I am not thinking about my opinion on stuff. I'm like, how the, God, that's so great though. How the fuck am I going to get owners to communicate with me when they're in the meeting, like that's the kind of level of detail I'm thinking about. Like, so you're saying Stan Kroenke was not accessible. Stan Kroenke was not accessible, but <laughs> some of his staff were. Oh yes, and some of Kevin the, Demoff texted me that day from inside the meeting. <laughs> I'm not going to say who did, but let me just say that the only way I could figure out what was going on in those meetings were various staffers texting me what was happening yeah. because no, no media couldn't get in. Right, we're breaking stories. As the stuff's being decided, I mean, excuse me for dropping the F-bomb, but it was that level of stressor that I was like, how am I going to figure this stuff out? You know, what kind of story am I going to write? What's my deadline going to be? Do I need to get half of it written beforehand so that when it happens, I've got half of it, you know, the the, uh, background. Sure, of course. You know, the background is already up there at least. Like, that's the kind of level. I just didn't have time to start considering 
you know, and sometimes what I would do is I'd write both. So if I had time ahead of time, let's say oh, I'm flying wow. out, I would actually write a top that was a, they didn't move and they'd write a top. I mean, I don't remember for that moment, right. but I did it a lot because deadline was so tight yeah, and competition so was so God, severe. I, yeah, I don't like to even think about that. I love the fact that I can get up and I do my show and everything has happened and now I can evaluate it and give my yeah. opinion on it. That's tough to do that in the moment. And then you got somebody going, hey, where is the story? Yeah. Ooh. It makes me cringe. I mean, and you know, like I'm trying to beat the LA Times and who and you, you know, and Sam Farmer going ahead. Sam was like, oh yes, he was obviously sourced well. I mean, sourced well, one of the best and longest NFL reporters in mm -hmm. the country. I mean, you know, I remember tough. I went out to. Did you ever go out in, to LA and and talk with anybody out there? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I did a couple stories from LA. At least, at least did you one. talked to Mayor Butts. Yes, you got him. Was he not a riot? So I did this whole thing. He was, by the way. From the beginning. I mean, sure you remember this. Oh, yeah. This is going to happen. Yeah. There's no question. It's happening. You can so, say whatever you want. This is one of my favorite stories about this whole thing. And this is it's 100% true. Because we were, I felt like we were the only show in the market. Now, I could be wrong because I don't listen to the other shows in the market. I'm not saying that. I just, I just don't. I just don't. I don't it's kind of because I don't care. Um, but I knew that we were talking about from the moment Jeff Fisher was hired and the last time Stan Kroenke spoke publicly here, which was January 2012. And we played a soundbite from it. And I said to Doug, it was how we left. We didn't even talk about the hired Jeff Fisher. I said, Doug, what does that mean? He goes, well, the Rams are moving. This is January 2012. While some people are like, they're not moving, and all the stuff that went on with that. What do we have here? Nick just handed me something. Houston, National you Football League owners on Tuesday voted. You David Hunt is on the byline. <laughs> yeah, my byline. <laughs> yeah, I went to so many of those things. You, I can understand that. You do, I, I do remember I used to travel a lot for games, and I'd be like, I just woke up, and I really don't know where I am right now. And I'm like, this is what it might be like to be in a band, yeah. except I'm making no money. But uh, I remember the weirdest things about those trips, though, right? I remember, like— I think it was in Dallas. I remember walking down a parkway because it was so removed from everything. You had to walk down a busy street just to get a freaking beer and a burger, you know? Really? Yeah. I, I remember stupid stuff like, like that. that. I, like, I don't really remember. Hope you're enjoying this podcast with David Hahn of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. If you like the podcast, please support our sponsors. And Mike Judy Presents is one of those sponsors here on the Tim McKernan Show. He's online at MikeJudyPresents.com, just like you would think it's spelled, Mike, J-U-D-Y, Presents.com. Uh, and then follow him on Twitter at MikeJudyPRSNTS. Uh, and then you go, well, who's Mike Judy? What's he got going on? Well, Mike Judy, it's Mike Judy Presents, MJP, and he's a local guy, St. Louis area-born musician, uh, independent promoter, and he brings acts to St. Louis that get people talking. Uh, and a lot of times what he does is bring acts to St. Louis that are on their way up. And then the next thing you know, they take off before they get here. And you're watching, as he's had happen, uh, Post Malone uh, play at Pops when Post Malone had already blown up. So that's the kind of guy that he is, the kind of uh, local promoter that he is, and somebody that uh, wants to play a role in bettering St. Louis. So check his stuff out at MikeJudyPresents.com. Mike Judy and his team, um, you know, whether it be – whatever scale, show, venue size, all the next big thing stuff. That's what he specializes in. His name's Mike Judy. His website is MikeJudyPresents.com, a St. Louis area-born musician and an independent promoter online at MikeJudyPresents.com. Well, here's here's one what I was going to say about Butts yeah. is he wins re-election in, I don't know what year it was. It definitely was in November. It obviously wasn't 15 because that's when I was out there. To, I was supposed to interview him in October of 15. So it may have been November of 14, whatever it was. 
And in his victory speech, as you were just making reference to, and I realized from the 99.9% of the people listening, they have no idea who this man is. He's the mayor of Inglewood. Yeah. It's November 14. Mayor of Inglewood, where the stadium Kroenke is being had built. already said he was going to build a stadium and it was going to be there. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and he said, and it might have even been before 14, but he, in his speech, goes, this is great. I'm paraphrasing. I'm meeting with an NFL owner tomorrow, and we're going to build a stadium here. And this is all while Demoff is still running the the thing that we're trying to get it done here. And I swear, oh, to, and really? this is like in the Eng- this is not like in the LA Times. This is in, and I don't know who sent it to me, but it was brilliant that they found it because it's not like the LA Times is covering the Inglewood Mayors. It's not like you're going to be covering like the Spanish Lake Mayoral race. You know, right. maybe you are. Right. God help you if you are. No, no, no. We will we'll, we'll run like a list. <laughs> yeah, no, so yeah, you wouldn't yeah. cover like the, the election no. night speech. So it's like the Inglewood Times whatever it was, has this in there, and we start talking about it on the radio, and then magically, that quote, the story's still there, but then magically, that quote was then taken out of the article. It was not. 100%. 100% true. 100% true. And I, and I know exactly of... who did it, and I know you know who did it, and, and <laughs> there's not a doubt in either one of our minds. That's incredible. So I'm out there. I'm doing what I call this reconnaissance mission. So, I went to so those... Can we just pause for a second? Sure, pause away. It pisses away. me off on so many levels, because that's what gives news gathering organizations bad names you know it's like that would never ever happen to one of my stories oh ever i mean there's you know my bosses wouldn't ask it of me my sources every once in a while we'll get a source who wants us to remove something we you know we screenshotted it if i'm not mistaken. did you really yeah because it was just like man i hate that it just boils my blood yeah and so i mean but again it wasn't the la time i don't even know what it was it was like a local small paper i have no idea what the name of it was but it it definitely was something that stood out to us. I'm like, okay, this is getting weird. Um, That's incredible. And then I go out there. So I go to the town hall in, uh, I guess I guess I went to the one, I went to both San Diego and Oakland. So I went to San Diego I, and I go to, and I meet with the mayor of Carson. Did you ever talk with him? No. Okay, fascinating character. I feel his name was Robles maybe. No, no, um, And he couldn't be more excited about the whole thing. And he's going, um, yeah, I guess I want to show you the, the land where we're building the stadium. And I think his whole political career is t- tied to the Raiders and Chargers moving there. We show up at Carson, and it's just like mounds of dirt with two freeways. I don't know which freeways you might know, which are the two freeways where they kind of mm-hmm. intersect. They're two separate freeways. 405, probably. Yeah, that was one of them for sure. And then there was yeah. another one, which is one of their promoting elements of the whole site. And we pull up there, and I go, and, and there's a security guy, and he goes, uh, yeah, can we help you? And I go, yeah, I'm, I'm here. We're getting a tour of the uh, the stadium site. He goes, stadium site? And I go, yeah, this is, you know, where they're going to build the Chargers and Radio Stadium. He goes, they're not building a stadium here. This is the landfill. And I go, oh, okay. And they drove us around it, you know, but it, it clearly didn't look like there was a stadium being built there. Meanwhile, I'm up in Inglewood, and I'm looking at it from, like, their strip mall just to, I think, the north, and I'm going, wow, this really looks like they're doing stuff here already. This is October of 15. I go down to San Diego. I meet with an interview, Kevin Falconer, Falconer, yeah. the mayor, okay, yeah. the mayor of San Diego, yeah. and he's getting mic'd up. And he goes, so how are things up in L.A.? I go, good. I said, I just got done meeting with the mayor of uh, Carson. And he goes, oh, how's that going? And I go, well, it's, I kind of come away from it feeling like it's a, a bluff, that it's not really real. And he goes, and he's just kind of, he kind of mumbles to himself as he's putting his mic on. He goes, yeah, I would, uh, I would follow your instincts on that one. And I'm like, really? Okay. Huh. And then the next day, I'm supposed to go back up to L.A. and interview James Butts. Meanwhile, I'm reporting on KFNS. I'm calling in and I'm writing on InsideSTL.com and social media, all the things that I'm discovering and posting these videos. 
And Butts had been set up for a, a week or two. And as you know, he's oftentimes happy to get in front of a microphone. He canceled on you. Absolutely, he canceled on me. <laughs> so, yeah. So you're, you're putting this all together because you know the game. And I say, okay, now I know what's going on. Yeah. And I know exactly who made the phone yeah. call again. And I say, that's fine. I'm hanging out in Santa Monica for, for the next couple of days. And they go, oh, he just got elected to something to do with, like, their metro transit. So he's going to be busy. I say, that's fine. I'm going to be here for the next couple of weeks. Anytime. So I'm just like, I'm going to shove the chips all in because I know what you're doing. So yeah. anytime over the next couple of weeks, I can meet you anywhere and I'll talk with James Butts and no response because they killed the interview because yeah. they knew yeah. that they couldn't trust him to keep. It's got to make you feel kind of good. They've been they've been watching your work. Kevin Demoff texted me when I was going up to Oakland and they were holding their town hall, I think, at the Paramount in downtown Oakland. And uh and he goes, hey, just out of nowhere. But it was kind of his way to say, I know what you're doing, and I want you to know that I know what you're doing. And I'd be like, I don't give a shit if you know. I'm still going to do it. And he said, hey, you got to make sure you try this pizza up and, uh, when you get to Oakland. And I'm like, oh. That is so dumb off. <laughs> I should make a shirt that says, that's so dumb off. That is so dumb off. <laughs> and I'm just like, I know yeah. what you're doing. And yeah. it doesn't change the fact that I'm still going to ask. I don't, I don't, I'm no rights holder. I don't give a shit, man. And Demoff is still there, right? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. He's a so, made man, man. Unlike Pesci getting whacked, he walked into the room and was made, you know? But I mean, uh, you know, the, the coach, what's his name? What was the coach's Fisher. name? Fisher. Fisher. Gone, is me gone immediately, oh, right? I might as well say it here. I've never said this before, but I'll say it here. So help me. This is a true story. And I realize people won't believe it, but whatever. It's a true story. Somebody, and it's the weirdest thing, got me Jeff Fisher's number. Okay? This is two years ago, I believe, at this point. It's 100% true. And I, I just, out of respect for not getting myself into trouble, I won't go into exactly what was said. <laughs> but I texted him. Uh, it was right after he got whacked. Uh, or within, it had to be close to the Super Bowl, actually, because he was going to come on. And he said, I'll come on, but I'm going to talk about the Super Bowl. I don't want to talk about all the other stuff I know you want to talk about, but I'll talk about it for a little bit. And I'm like, fine, a little bit's better than nothing. I text him. And I'm like, I don't even know if this is his number. It could be a listener playing a trick on me, you know, and then they're going to act like they're Jeff Fisher. That's what I really thought was going to happen. And, I'm, and it's been a couple days. Next thing I know, I'm driving along, and I see on my phone pop up, it's Jeff Fisher calling me. And I'm like, you've got to be. I can picture exactly where I was in Kirkwood when he called me. And I take the call. And he goes, hey, Tim, Jeff Fisher. He never met me before. I'm like, what's up, coach? We talked for the next 45 minutes. And the whole time I'm thinking to myself, my God, I wish this was on the record. What's and he saying? I mean, what kind of stuff? We were certainly talking about the move. We were talking about his frustration. We were talking about feeling like he got thrown under the bus for things that, in general, because they were so focused on moving. Why do you think he called you? I have no idea. So then I say, Coach, and I'm thinking to myself, I'll ask, can I have you come on the show so you can say this on the radio? And he goes, yeah, I'll do that. He goes, but I don't want it to be a focus about the St. Louis thing. He goes, I'll talk about it, but, you know, I think the Super Bowl was coming up. I think this was... Whatever it was. Tim, it was that's the, amazing. This happened. And so I said, great. And so I told my producer, who was not this gentleman at the time, it was a different producer, John Seymour, at the time. Uh, I said, and I didn't even tell my co-hosts because I didn't want it to get out because what happened last time I had tweeted about interviews I was going to do, they Bam. were killed. Yeah. And I knew who Jeff Fisher's agent was. So did you get him? So the morning uh, the morning of the interview, it's 8 o'clock. He's supposed to come on. I hadn't promoted it at all. It was just going to be something people are listening to our show, expecting the normal moronic stuff. And there is Jeff Fisher talking about the Rams leaving St. Louis. That's what I've never talked about this before, but okay, might as well. Um, and 
And I said, all right, give them a call. Here it is. I didn't even give them the numbers. I just didn't want it to get out at all. I mean, this is this is strict yeah. Omerta yeah. shit. And he calls me. He goes, he's not answering. I'm like, oh. So I text him. No response. I'm like, God, did he have, like, have a change of heart? You know, it's like you're, you got your witness. And he's not going to now he's not going to come on. Text him, text him, call him, doesn't pick up. I'm like, God bless it. So later on in the day, he texts me. I'm like, wow, probably still have the text, actually. And he said something along the lines of, sorry, I'm in Las Vegas, uh, wound up sleeping through my alarm, you know, and so I'll come on tomorrow. And I'm like, oh, my God. All right, it's still going to happen. And since I didn't promote it, it's not like people are thinking one way or the other. Um, I probably imagine I still have the text. Uh, I would be curious. Yeah, here we go. Uh, and here's all my follow-ups that have been answered since. Uh, oh, shit, I don't see any of them. But, um, yeah, I've, I've, I've tried. So when was this? So it was 2017. That's when it was. Uh, yeah, we definitely. Yeah, but see, he would never text me. He would call me. So did what so, happened the next so, morning? So the, 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 end, the end is he never came on. He never came on. So the next morning, ne same thing. Ne next morning, same thing. He apologized. He was in Las Vegas. And he wasn't going to, like, be like, you know, but. You think someone got to him, or do you think he just had too I much fun in I don't know on that. I know that his agent was Marvin Demoff. I know that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's why when I talk about an ESPN 30 for 30 on this thing, yeah. people are like, yeah, well, who cares outside of St. Louis? I go, I get it. I, I get it. Most people are like, the Rams have re returned to their rightful home, and everything is fine with the world. They're a wonderful football team. St. Louis is a dying city. Who gives a shit? It's in flyover country. And I say, I get it. I, I said, but here, I know that there's parts of this story that will make you go, you got to be kidding me. And that's, I think, the hook. The connections. Absolutely. All the, those the connections, things that, right? that went on throughout the whole process, that's the hook. It's not the fact that, oh, a team went to a bigger city because the guy had an out to do so. All of the things that went on. I'm still fascinated, and you were down there in Houston. What the hell happened with the Los Angeles committee that we heard so much about voting yeah. five to one? I still don't know what that was about. You mean voting 5-1 to, to keep the Rams in St. Louis? Yes. Well, yeah. but more voting for the Raiders and Chargers to move to Carson. Yeah. And then it, and yeah. then that was the recommendation. I believe that's the only time or one of two times in the history of the NFL that they went against a committee's recommendation. Yeah, very, very unusual. That yes. was such a crazy <laughs> yeah, moment. That's a good euphemism. You know, uh, the, the the I mean it, you know we see this in the NFL still and I think it's going to play out more over time but we there's this break between new money and old money yes and there's this and you remember that LA committee was generally old money it was Rooney's and Mara's and those guys right Pittsburgh New York the old the old money hunt owners who hunt. voted for Inglewood and right yeah always interesting it is fact. interesting and <laughs> um and and I think that there was there was this commitment from the old money owners to stay in the cities they'd committed to, you know, and then, and the new money owners, again, it's a little crass, but just saw the dollar signs, yeah. you know, oh, it's a, but is it, that's the truth. Yeah. Again, it goes back to the money element of it. Yeah. Do you feel like you could like write like a, I don't know, a book, but based on everything that you, this, this, the stuff that you just talked about is the stuff I'm most interested that's in. The right? stuff, and that's it's, the stuff. The, that's why I was so fascinated. Cause I knew this deals. was going on. Exactly. And it it's, was just so Obviously, but I mean, I talked to Kevin the night before, not the night before, it was the night of the meeting the week before Houston. They were in New York, and I don't know what it was about. I just know that it was. And I got off the phone with my wife. It was like 11 o'clock, and we had great conversations. And uh, and I said, I got off the phone with my wife, and I go, well, that's it. And and she goes, what do you mean? I go, it's going to be the Rams and the Chargers. They hadn't even had the vote yet. 
Now, he didn't tell me it was going to be that way, but he said, yeah, I think the way that it winds up happening is they want to take care of Dean mm-hmm. Spanos, mm-hmm. but they realize the better project, because it's the only real project, is Inglewood. And, and so that's Stan's the, got so, deep pockets. Exactly. And so that's the compromise. And that's why, not that I know this, this one I don't know, uh, and that's why Jerry Jones stands up there and goes, listen, this is the only way we get back in here. This guy's going to privately fund the thing. Yep. You know, and then Michael Bidwell stands up and goes, we can't do this to these people again. And then he turns and goes, well, what's different now than what you guys did 30 years ago? And then he's going, okay, I'm going to sit back down. Which is a great point. Yeah. That's the thing. And that's how I believe that's how the sausage was made. Paul Allen, the owner of the, the late owner of the Seahawks, late owner of the Seahawks, um, also made it. Um, he, he showed up at that meeting. Which was not commonplace, correct? And he was not showing up at the other meeting. He had not shown up at any of the other meetings, as far as we could tell. And uh, he he was influential as well. As in get him to L.A.? He was another one of the new money guys who, you know, who saw the dollar signs. So putting a bow on it, the Chargers thing, I think it's incredibly interesting. And that's the thing. So now people kind of hear how I think on this stuff and some of the reasons why I think the way I do and why I go, it looks like this, but it's really this, and here's why. The fa- if anybody else would have tweeted that out, other than Benjamin Albright, hmm. I I go, okay, whatever, you know, it's funny to think about. So, so, but because of Benjamin Albright being the one to tweet it, that changed my mind. Again, not to say that I'm like, oh sweet, the Chargers are moving so, here. So let's let's tackle one more thing, and, and then I need to run. I, I so we bought a house. Um, Congratulations, uh, thank you. Um, and we're tearing out the inside of it. That's always fun. It's relaxing uh-huh. in the holiday season. Yep. And I'm, you know, the professionals are doing all the hard work, but I'm still going in every weekend to try to. So, so I have. Look at you, you're hands on. You'd never see me until my my bed was ready for me. <laughs> I'm a real hard worker. I've got a 16 pound sledgehammer <laughs> in the back of my car, and I'm taking out a bathroom. So I've I've, I've got to run. God but, bless um, you. I but but let's talk about this for a sec, if you don't mind. Of course. What, one what, five five more minutes? Is that okay? Yeah. I mean, you're asking me for more time on my own podcast. I mean, it seems like the roles have been reversed. It's great. <laughs> um. Do we want it? Do we want an NFL team again? My answer is yes. Does the is the city? I don't. I, I'd be shocked if it happens. But my answer is yes. I mean, are, are we are we pushing too hard for for what the city can support? I mean, you know, remember Portland, not to beat a dead horse. <laughs> this is the Portland podcast. But Portland's got a <laughs> rip city. Portland's small. You know, it's not a big city. Top thirty market, but not as big as St. Louis, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I think that's where we are. And it's it's got a soccer team and a basketball team. And they're a big basketball town, right? Trail, oh, yeah. Trailblazers mean a lot. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, there's some parallels there. You know, we've we've got two sports teams that are really well supported. Really well supported. I mean, you know, this is a hockey town and obviously it's a massive baseball town. I think it could be a soccer town too. It is a soccer town. I think a soccer team would be well supported. Do you throw a fourth sport into that mix? I mean, l- let me let me push that on you. You know, you're the sports guy, right? No, I but get. It. I just because and the thing is, I don't think of it because a lot of my peers, if they would be considered peers, because I think I'm kind of my own little world, uh, and I think they would be happy for me to distance myself from them. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> w- would be like, yeah, I don't care. We want it, the team, and, I, and the whole time during the Rams thing, I'm kind of like, yeah, I think. Some of this might be political cover for kind of screwing up and leaving this open, and there's really not a chance that they're going to move, but we're going to act like it's going to happen, even though we already know that the Rams are moving. I think a lot of that was going on. Uh, Jay Nixon sat exactly where you sat, and I asked him that exact question. He goes, anybody who thinks that. You got Jay Nixon on Oh, here? yeah. That was my yeah, white whale, man. Tim, that's amazing. It, yeah. Oh, it's been great. I love it. 
I love it. Yeah, he's, and he hadn't done any interviews. Danforth vouched for me to get Nixon in here. I'll what tell you that? this. If, if we do, I sure the hell hope that we play hard to get. We should be the, we should be the beauty queen, you know? I think the whole thing was Make about, them put a stadium on the riverfront. And then make they, them pay for it well, themselves. See, well, see, let me ask. Here's my final thing, unless you want to stay, but I know you got the sledgehammer. How much sledgehammer's calling? Me. How much credence do you give to the lawsuits? Oh, uh, I think we'll win. I think we'll win the the the, bl- the blitz one. Okay. Yeah, I think I think they'll owe us some money. Then the question becomes: I mean, come on. How much? It's so clear now, right? That this was done ahead right. of time. Okay, but how much does the NFL want to avoid? It's not that much money. I'm not talking about the money, though. Oh, I'm talking about the discovery. Oh, I think they'll desperately. I think they'll settle. Exactly. I mean, that's what I think is going to happen. I think they're going to settle. It'll be fifty million bucks, and it'll go away. Exactly. And they'll put that fifty million into the dome, and they'll tear out the bottom level or something. I can speak to something. at least one person affiliated. I'll be as general as possible with the suits, and there are multiple of them. Yeah. Whose whole thing has been? By the way, I threw that fifty million up completely it's, from it's like arbitrarily from as the, the day Houston is long. smog. Arbitrarily as the day is. I'd, I'd take the over. By the way, if that were Las Vegas, on the fifty million. <laughs> um, who whose main goal throughout the whole thing? It's not the settlement. It's I just wanted to pose Stan Kroenke and Kevin Demoff. Yeah, it's all I want. And then it gets down, to, and they've been and trying. That's never going to happen. And I'm telling you, this person thinks it's going to happen. No. So then it gets into, does it actually wind up happening? And I said, what would that scene look like? And he goes, oh, my God. He goes, there'd be more attorneys in the room. But he goes, I'm just telling you, that's, and how you think it's going to happen. And I know people say, just there's no way. But that's what I'm saying. The NFL, write the check. It was, so I doubled the value of my franchise, and now I'm a god in L.A., and I can drive from my Malibu home or fly probably by helicopter. By the way, did his Malibu home make it? I don't know. It might be a little fun feature story for we you. You should figure that out. <laughs> that, that, that's, that, that, that that is what the goal has always been. That that is the to goal. To depose them. To depose, yes. And that, on the NFL side, they'd go, oh, my God, here's a check. So if they all intertwine, and so then I talk with my people out in Los Angeles, and I go, I get it. And they go, do you really think it's that something that Stan's that worried about? I, I don't know. I can't speak to that. But it's not just Stan. Do, do you think it's, it's also if, Jerry if, Jones? If that's the goal, why just them often? Well, it's not. But that, that's been his goal but, since. But you got if you're going to depose them often. But he's also not. But it's crunky. Jerry Jones also. You got to depose Jerry Jones, and Roger and, Goodell, and, and many others. So um, what about Roger? You got to depose absolutely. Roger. Well, that's what I'm saying. But I mean, his thing was I. I'm getting into this because this is what I. I because he, he had the whole thing ready to go. And a lot of it was from our show. A lot of it was from Randy Carricker's show on 101 ESPN, where Demoff is just it's, he's, he's just doing it to himself. It's like he didn't have to do it. Like, now that the t- cards have been turned over, you kind of go, yeah, Crocky drove us up the wall. But from a strategic standpoint for himself individually, he played it the right way. He didn't talk. I don't know what Kevin was doing. I still don't know what the point of that was. In a way, I'm glad that he did it. But I don't know why he did it unless they're just like try to squeeze as much money out of the market while we're there as possible and act like we don't already know that we're building a stadium to move the Rams there. I asked him point blank. I said, Kevin, I said, a lot of people think that you guys knew you were going to move this team to L.A. when Stan exercised his right of first refusal in 2010. Yeah. And he goes, I don't blame people for thinking. He goes, honestly, it's just not the truth. What the truth is, is we had that. We knew that we would have an option to do it. Or St. Louis would have to build us a world-class stadium. So no matter what, 
we were going to have two great options. You and you buy that? I don't necessarily buy it, but that's what he said. I, th- I think I do buy that. And I, well, I, he went into it further. He kind of went into the sports side of it, which is which, from my standpoint, gives it some form of credibility. And my people, and I say my people in Los Angeles, it's not fair to call my people as if I'm. You know, like have like some kind of venture capitalist firm that's feeding your, 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 me information. Uh, your office, yeah, your my office all my LA. office, my office in Santa Monica, uh, but says you know there's a lot of misconceptions about what happened, what really happened in St. Louis, and it's kind of an echo chamber uh, in St. Louis, which is why I asked Jay Nixon point blank. I said there are some people on the other side of it who feel like the whole thing that the task force was nothing but a cover to make it look like there was really a chance when in reality you knew that it wasn't going to happen. He goes, well, I'd love to meet those people anytime, anywhere, and have that conversation. I go, well. And he goes, oh, the world changes a lot when you have to put that right hand up on the Bible. Don't you feel like it's the, this, boy, that's a that's a great quote. Yeah, that's exactly what he said. Um, I don't, don't you feel like they went in the same way Demoff did? Like, listen, we don't have a choice here. Our options are, one, you, you, know, you put a task force together, and either you keep the team, or you've shown the world that you did everything you could to keep the team and maybe a lawsuit comes out of it or maybe you get some recompense, you know, or you don't put a task force together and you're just... And you're blamed forever. Everything. Exactly. And that was the perspective of the other side that they know. And then I remember talking about it. I go, well, look, they got a stadium built with with naming rights. And uh, and he said, you might as well made it the inside STL stadium and you should have bought the naming rights. He goes, it's not going to matter. You know, (laughs) I'm going... That's it. And then I said to him, because it was the day, the thing that I still don't understand, unless they were trying to give the NFL the benefit of the doubt or trying to make the NFL go, shit, we got to let them move, is why they wrote the letter and just like lit up the region on the way out the door. That was amazing, wasn't it? I still don't get that one. Like everything else, I get the play. I might not like the play, but I get the strategy. On that one, I'm just like, what was that? And he goes, well, people wanted to hear from Stan. You just heard from Stan. I'm like, I don't think that was Stan. The theory, gosh, you're making me remember all this stuff, Tim. The theory at the time was that Stan needed a, a nuclear bomb. He needed something to say, like, ah, guys, I can't go back now. And I mean, is it that simple that it was that ABC poker? I don't know. That he was that he was able to drop the bomb? I still wonder about that, I mean, too. Yeah. I do. Like, so, so should Spanos have done, even though that's not Spanos' personality, you know, to light that place up? An- another thing that you're, you're making me think about a lot is, like, I, I think about this, you know, forgive me for being philosophical here for a second. I prefer philosophical. But, I, you know, you, um, you know, if you, if you if you try surfing for the first time and you've never snowboarded or skateboarded it's kind of hard right but if you've if you've skateboarded as a kid and snowboard and learned how to snowboard at some time in your life and then jump on a surfboard there's some similarities in that movement right it's not that hard to to make those same motions with your body can't wait to hear where you're going with this yeah um i really wonder about the way events stacked up to lead us where we are today you know do you get a, an MLS effort if there's no stadium effort. Okay. Do you, do you get a second yes, that, MLS? Yes, that was, that, was, that was a very popular theory amongst do you, I'm, I'm some of your cohorts. I'm not suggesting that they did the stadium effort to get the MLS effort. But there was, a, there, was a, there was an out. Like, there again, was a net. you don't learn how to skateboard as a kid because you think when you're 20, you're going to learn how to surf, right? right? It just happens to be the way it works. And, and is there a second MLS effort if there's not a first? You know? You, you you have to build— I like where you went with this. I have, actually agree with you on it all. You you have to build capacity, and you can't really build capacity in your body, in politics, in the public without trying these things. And I just—I'm not—I am in no way—I I, don't—I do not believe they went into the NFL effort thinking they're going to get 
the Taylors to you know buy an MLS right. team. But I just think it's fascinating to see where but we've ended Taylors up. But the Taylors and Kavanaugh might have been open to an MLS effort because of the first MLS effort, which might have been the plan B on the Rams thing the whole time. How easy is it for somebody to come to the Taylors and say, or for the Taylors to figure it out themselves and say, like, listen, we almost passed. It, under the worst circumstances, we almost passed a tax. You're not going to ask for that kind of tax. We can do it for this. We've got a location. We've done all this work. You have this built-in, excited support, yeah. you know, fan network. You've got aldermen who are going to like your plan better than the other plan. I mean, everything is set up. It's just really led us to yeah. this spot. Because there were people wondering, like, including on on the Los Angeles side, going, I just don't get what this is all about. Is it political cover or is it about the Chargers and Raiders? But I specifically remember being told, you know, you usually work all of your life to go from wherever you are to live in San Diego, not the other way around. So I can't <laughs> imagine this is about the Chargers eventually winding up in St. Louis. Because I really do think Dean Spanos wanted to stay in San Diego. I really think that was the case. Mark Davis, I have no idea about that situation. I don't know if anybody knows. But I really, of course, think Kroenke wanted to go to L.A. Uh, it, at the very least, when he acknowledged that he was driving around Inglewood at 5 in the morning. Love to see that visual, by the way. Uh, <laughs> and, and then he discovers the, the stadium site. And then, you know, a few months later, Kevin's on show saying, no, our, there is no secret plan. That's the favorite quote. There is no secret, secret plan. So that's the thing that fascinates me about the whole deal. And I don't know if there's going to be, you know, if there's any the Chargers thing, it was it was there for 48 hours and it went away. But because of who it came from, that's why it could have been any other NFL writer out of gun. Yeah, that's weird. I, I, I'll tell you what, Tim, I don't I almost don't care. I think what's interesting. You've is had enough of the it, National it, Football League. If it happens, we're really set up to do well. The, 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 the you know, we would be a. The, 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 you know, I think generally politicians and fans alike would be a little bit blasé to the effort. It would put us in a position where they would have to come after us. They'd have to woo us. I mean, that's a good place for St. To Louis actually to be. have the leverage. Yeah. If it were to happen, if they actually did. Because there were a lot of people like who it, didn't want to not be in that didn't want double negative, who wanted to remain in the 21st mark in the country for his self deprecating, even though it's not the right word, for lacking self-esteem as St. Louis is, there still is value to that, to be in the 21st market and to know that it's a great sports market. But I think it was, I could be wrong. I think it was more about let's get them out as our tenant because they're dying on the vine here. You know, and they're a good team, by the way, but nobody cares. You know, it's the San Diego Chargers to people in Los Angeles and they just don't give a damn. And they just don't give a damn in general. It's like, oh, LeBron's playing tonight. That's cool. Oh, it's 75 degrees and we're on the ocean. And we don't have to sit in traffic for two hours. That's much cooler, you yeah. know? And I lived in L.A. for seven years, and uh, there's so much to do there. Yeah. There's so but much to, to drive do. and sit on that freeway. And, and as you know, for where the stadium's located, it's not like you It's not like you see it off the side of the road. Right. You get off at that exit, and right. then you drive That's through. exactly right. I mean, how are they going to pull that off for what's going to be a well, monster? But building? remember, it's the, it's essentially the forum, right, where the Lakers played forever. So it's it's not like it's a site people won't go to. Right. But as you know, also, you're multiplying the attendance of the forum by yeah. 4X. Yeah, I'd love to see the traffic there, huh? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. No, I think. I and see... also, if you factor in LAX, is, I mean, it's not right there, but it's, you know, it's, it's actually yeah. the flight pattern. <laughs> you fly over. You know, site. there's something cultural about LA that's different, too. It's not like New York where you've got these, like, huge football fans, you know, or Philly. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's a big city, but the, I just don't, 
I mean, this is completely me speaking from my own personal experience there. I just don't get the feeling that people care that much about football mm -hmm. in LA. Could you, I mean, it's a massive town. Will you get enough support for one team? I think you will. Two? Right. Man, I think so that's So you rough. have the combination, okay, let's get them out as a tenant. And, yeah. oh, out of nowhere, here are the Taylors making it known that they'll put their own money up for a stadium. Maybe we can kill two birds with one stone. We get the Chargers out of here, and maybe I was part yeah. of our compromise with St. Louis so we don't have to go through discovery. Tim, we work out a football team for them. You, you, remember, you remember when Stan first came forward and said, Stan, I call him like I know him. Of course. Good yeah. friend. Uh, you interviewed him so many times. Stan and I, yeah, we had like <laughs> seriously like seven words between yeah. the two of us, all passing by each other in the hallway, <laughs> most of which from his end were, not right now. <laughs> not no, right now. Uh, not <laughs> I like No that. comment. Um, As if there would be a time where he would right, speak. Right. Um, uh, um, Stan came out and said at one point, "Hey, I could get another." You know that was never San Diego. Another team was never his plan, and then suddenly, the Carson stuff and the St. Louis stuff got a bunch of momentum, and in that moment, he came out and said, "Okay, hold on, I, I'll take another. I'll take a tenant. I'll take another." Oh yeah, team. sure. And that and that was his concession. Sure, absolutely. And I think that was obviously not in the plan for him. You know that that was him saying, "Geez, maybe I won't get this. I better come up with." Another. You're 100 percent right. You're 100 percent right. So 100 percent so right. On that, I I feel like I can say you're 100 percent right. So I just imagine that um, he gets there. He's setting this all up. They're playing. He's got a good team, and the next step in his plan is get rid of the tenant. Absolutely. Right. Look how they're spending. Look what they've done. Again, I don't know how closely you followed the Rams. Not that I'm, like, locked in on them, but they went out and the they've gone out. Last time I out. read about the Rams was when I wrote the story about <laughs> the Rams leaving. <laughs> they went out and they spent, like, what the Yankees used to do in baseball in the late 1990s and just went out and got every free agent possible. Yeah. And I think it's part of the strategy is let's kill the tenant. Let's kill the tenant. Let's get them out of here. And let's and – I, and I just – I really think – again, I could be wrong, and people might go, why? Like, I had an argument with Doug Vaughn, my co-host. He goes, but then they lose the rent. And I go, he I assure care. you, the rent is less than owning that market all by yourself. Yeah. So therefore, who cares about the rent? Get them out. Yeah. And the Taylors are willing to build a privately funded stadium in St. Louis, and we might have to get, go through a deposition in St. Louis. Hey, I got an idea. Let's float this one. You know, Tim, my only other criticism, and then I swear I have to leave. <laughs> Sorry. My only other criticism of that theory that the Chargers could come here is that the NFL really didn't like St. Louis as a market. I mean, they liked San Antonio. They liked Austin. They liked uh, Las Vegas. They liked Oakland. They yes, I, on the, I see on San Antonio and Austin, I would say Jerry Jones isn't going to let it happen. That's a good point. Just like Jerry Jones. Not Austin, this but what about San Antonio? Uh, I still don't think he's going to let it happen. Huge even, even though, even, growing Oh, all I the know, time. I know, I know. I just, I feel, I know maybe he would. And maybe, you know, it's not like, you know, maybe he would. I don't know. It only... I mean, Oakland, they did. They viewed Oakland as a growing, growing market. And it is. Yeah. It's a growing market, yeah. even though it's kind of got it. South Bay. Yeah. I mean, it's got some real value there. Uh, and it's not like the 49ers capitalized on that population center by building a stadium in Santa Clara. No, the way they're, they're, they're still a San Francisco team. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's no question. It's, they're tied. They're so tied. The Niners are so tied to San Francisco. They will yes. never be seen as a, as a team, Bay team. As a Bay yeah, team, especially yeah. a Raider fan and cheer for the 49ers. It, it just yeah. wouldn't happen. But that that you, you got did Sacramento, have... which is growing into yeah. Oakland as we speak. Yeah. I mean, you know that that whole. I mean, a team will never go to Sacramento. I don't think. I just mean, you got that. It's just a huge market. But the, but St. Louis is the only one suing them. St. Yeah. Louis is the only one where somebody just came forward and said, "Okay, we're going to privately fund," you know. 
whatever it is that they wind up officially signing a check for. And I just, and listen, I, I want to make it clear. I'm not saying I think this is going to happen, but yeah. I think this is why in part the tweet was posted. And then he comes on the show. So it's not like I'm like, here, here's this tweet. We interviewed him. And he's like, yeah, 33% that I think the Chargers moved to St. Louis. And I'm going, we, we almost fell out of our chairs when he said that. And, and you think that it comes from Josh Kroenke? Uh, I, I, of course, I have no idea. Right. But I just know, and I, I, we asked him, I believe, in the course of the interview, like, you seemed like you were very confident while the whole Rams relocation to Los Angeles was going on. He goes, well, I just have developed, been able to develop good sources from, from my time. And I'm like, all right. But so then if it comes from the Kroenke camp, you know, what's the, what's the, what's the angle? Yeah, what do sure, they want? Two from things. It? Get Dean Spanos out as a renter yeah. and own the market and not have to go through discovery. But I'm but I mean is the is the effort there to to suggest to the people of St. Louis maybe the charges are on the market? Yes. Go after them? Yes. 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 Boy, if that happens. <laughs> I'm just going to shake my head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this this house that you're going to work on with a sledgehammer, you'll gonna, be able to write books and books, and now you can you'll have a, you'll have a manse in Huntley. Con- now this conversation is going to make me hit harder. <laughs> I can't believe this. It's like you sat down with Oliver Stone, you uh-huh. know. And here's here's my conspiracy theory on this. But I'm telling you, you know, when it was going on, I'm like, okay, I know this is going on. Like when Mayor Butts canceled, I'm like, I already know what happened. He took a call with, from a three one four area code. I already know it. You know, when I <laughs> when I got the recommendation on the Oakland pizza place, I'm like, yep. I know you're letting me know that you know, and I'm like, I don't care. I'm still going, and I still and I and I talk. You should with, take that as a compliment. Oh yeah, I, I do. It's fine. I, and yeah. like I said, even you know, I mean, it was all game, but it was it was a game played at, at a level that I don't think I certainly don't think nationally people have any idea. And I don't know if like you talk to people who covered the Colts moving from Baltimore, the Browns moving from Cleveland, if they go, oh yeah, I think this one was was more grandiose because you had three franchises. Two trying to go back to their old city. It's oh, yeah. L.A. It's not Cleveland and Baltimore and Indianapolis. No disrespect to those cities. But you're talking L.A. You're talking about Jerry Jones. You're talking about a closed-door meeting, anonymous votes, shit that normally never happened. It was really the, crazy. I mean, it's so juicy. Yeah. And now, uh, if, if I'm telling you, if this deposition happens, oh, man. Yeah, you really, you really will. You'll have books to write. I'll have shows to produce, and you'll have books to write. I will be stunned. <laughs> I will be stunned. So, so you are. In, what's what's got a better chance of happening? This is how we'll wrap it up. Okay. You got the sledgehammer. Yeah. Stan Kroenke's deposed, or the Chargers move to St. Louis. I I, I uh, since my opinion matters not at all. Of course. I will say that I think there is a snowball's chance in hell of either of them. <laughs> <laughs> that is what can't, I think. I can't accept cop out. Can't uh, accept cop out. I, I put uh <laughs> I'll, I'll give a much better chance at the car at the Chargers coming than a than a Kroenke in wow. deposition. And I put that at point zero 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 one right. percent. Yeah, <laughs> David, I mean, I've enjoyed the hell out of it, sir. Tim, it's such a pleasure. I mean, I, I really am so flattered to be here. Of Thank course, you well, so of much. course. I want to, the audience requested you. This is like a viewer request. <laughs> Who do you want to hear from, David Hun? And now that they know me, they'll never <laughs> ask again. <laughs> Appreciate it, man. Yep, pleasure. So there it is, my conversation with David Hunt, which I believe we talked about ending five different times and then just kept going on, but I loved it. I, I legitimately, I could have gone, that was another one, kind of like Young Page Views, I could have gone on forever. Uh, and with Young Page Views, we did go for two some odd hours, but uh, enjoyed it. Hope you enjoyed it as much as, as uh, I enjoyed participating in it. Uh, and I always welcome pe- people's feedback, man. Whatever, I, like there's like 30 things talked about. 
So fire away. T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com. T-M-C-K-E-R-N-A-N at InsideSTL.com. I'm sure you liked some things. You might not have liked other things. Feel free to, to dissent. Fire away. Um, and make your recommendations. Give your thoughts. It's, it's the open marketplace of ideas. The personal attacks and we're making things up. We prefer that doesn't go on. But, you know, I mean, I have a Twitter account. I know how things, I know how things play out. But, you know, what about all of that stood out to me most? And I guess maybe for some people, if you want to go back to the MLS thing, it would be um, that we both think it's going to happen. Whereas I think some people are looking at some of the recent developments and going, oh, it's not going to happen. But we both think it's going to happen. I think that's a good thing because he's certainly more plugged in. My stuff is more intuitive uh, on that front. So from those of you who want the the stadium to uh, be built here and the MLS to, to be here, that's a good thing if, if he has the same intuition that I do that it is going to wind up working. So that's encouraging. Um, we differed on the deposition front. That's how we wrapped it up. Love that that he thinks there's a better chance that the Chargers move here than Stan Kroenke gets to post. It's great stuff. Like, he's, like, on that. Um, and uh, and I'm anxious to see. I mean, he doesn't think either one's going to happen. But it's not like I'm, I'm like, going, yeah, the Chargers are going to move here. So, um, and just, I, I just enjoyed, like, kind of, like, trading stories about that whole time period. And then, and then it, perhaps for you, the listener, and maybe you didn't, maybe you're like, yeah, that wasn't as exciting as you think it was, Tim. But... I think it kind of, I finally had an opportunity first off to tell the Jeff Fisher story. Uh, and I guess I could have told the story at any time and maybe I have told it. I don't think I have though. Um, but it's not like I, you know, aired what we talked about, uh, you know, under the cloak of, um, off the record conversation, but just that we did talk and that he was going to come on two different times. And then I looked at my phone to be like, yeah, he texted me. And I'm like, oh, I know he never texted me, but he called me. And I don't know if that was a coincidence or not, but we talked two different times on the phone. Um, and he was going to be on. I don't even know if the cat and Doug know that, if that he was going to be on. But it was uh, two different times. And then after the first one where he missed it, I'm like, yeah, the second one, I'm hold- not holding my breath on the second one. But either way, and wow, what would have happened had he come on? But uh, all that went on, and now perhaps, and perhaps you don't care, but you can hear my thought process on why I have the views I have. So it's not necessarily as, did they lie, as, well, here's what was going on here, and here's why this didn't happen, and this was strange, and here's what was going on here, and here's the kind of text that I was receiving when this was going on. And what, and you just kind of see that the way the game that was played. I mean, and that's why I'm just like, this thing, it's got so much meat on the bone. And I recognize a lot of people, even people in St. Louis. Hell, I think the majority of people in St. Louis are like, let the Rams thing go. And that's fine. I get it. You know, but it's, it's, but if there's a story there that hasn't been told, that's the kind of thing that some people are intrigued by. You know, I mean, because I made the joke, I think I made the joke on during the podcast. If not, it was off the podcast that David was sitting now with like an Oliver Stone-esque uh, conspiracy theorist on some of these things. Well, JFK by Oliver Stone was made in 91. JFK was shot in 63. So, you know, it, it'd be one thing if we're just like, man, I'm mad at Stan Kroenke. Yeah, he sucks. It sucks that the Rams are good. Yeah, man, that sucks. St. Louis should get a football team. Yeah, but I hate the NFL now. That's, that's that. 
we're talking about this from we were involved in some of the behind the scenes elements of what was the move of you know an NFL franchise and all that went on and some of which I'm certain we are completely unaware of what went on that just doesn't add up I mean it's just it's just as far as like what the optics of it were you know like yeah, no, we're all excited here tonight to vote that the Rams are moving back to Los Angeles. Okay, that's great. You had this committee that was in charge of researching it for the last few years, and they voted 5-1 to one for the Rams to stay in St. Louis, and that was about five hours ago. So what happened? What happened? Or the, the, the fun and games that were the town hall meetings and the things that were said there. What was that about? What was Eric Grubman's involvement in all of this stuff? Um, these, kinds of, these kinds of fun facts for no and tell. And I realize... If you're in L.A., or even if you're in New York, even if you're in Chicago, even if you're in Kansas City, take your pick, whatever. Hell, it, it, it doesn't matter. You can be like in a, in a farming community in Oklahoma. It doesn't matter. You're like, yeah, okay, St. Louis, you're mad that you lost the Rams. It's two NFL teams you lost. You're obviously not an NFL city. And then every St. Louis and holds up their hand and goes, but wait. So there is a story to be told, but it's after but wait is the key. And uh, and that's the thing that, that I will certainly, as you can tell, be monitoring, and I would imagine some of you will be as well. Um, but I think it's a great thing for St. Louis that David's back in St. Louis because he's a hell of a reporter. And uh, I enjoyed that conversation. Dude should do radio. It's another guy. It's like my second guest in the last three guests, and I'm like, hell, I do a radio show with him too. Um, so, and I, Wes Bell, wound up hitting it off with him too. Don't leave him out. So, anyway, I enjoyed it. I always enjoy your feedback. Uh, as I, and in this one, you'll be listening in a week where I'm, uh, on vacation, which doesn't mean that I'm like, do not bother me. You know, I, I will certainly be texting and emailing. I cannot unplug. I wish I could, but I can't. So I know I won't. So you're welcome to email, uh, and don't feel like you guys, I'm sorry to bother you on your vacation. It's, you know, it, I, I like the feedback it, and I'll access it whenever I get a chance. As I always say though, sometimes people write these long emails and just know, that I probably will not be matching you word for word as far as the length of the email and response, but I certainly do read them. So I enjoy them. Uh, and I, and I, I enjoy positive and I enjoy critical emails, you know, as long as it's, you know, from a standpoint of having some substance and not just like, fuck you. I didn't like your opinion on this. Uh, but I mean, you're welcome to send that too. Those are kind of amusing when I'm sitting at dinner. So anyway, uh, Thank you to our sponsors for making it possible. Ryan Kelly, thehomeloanexpert.com. Uh, Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies, evergreenstl.com. James Carlton, the Carlton Insurance Agency, State Farm Insurance Agency in Webster Groves. Mike Judy, Mike Judy Presents, Seth Gold, Camp Design Air, Heating and Cooling. Johnny Landoff, Chevrolet at Highway 270. And the Washington Elizabeth Exit, who are new for pre-owned for car repair. It's Johnny Landoff, Chevrolet, and it really should be. Uh, now that I'm doing business with them, man, they are just that uh, family's first class and they run a great business. Johnny Landoff, Chevrolet. Uh, and thank you to David Hunt for his time, to Gangster Pete, to Iggy, and to Nick for producing and putting it all together, and you for listening, as always, here on the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios.